Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How do you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. Hey, what's happened to Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? You know what? I'm going to get this off my chest right in the beginning of the show. I'm going to tell you right here from the jump, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want you to think that I'm leading you down a primrose path. I don't want you to think that I'm leading you astray. I don't want you to think that I'm fooling you in some way. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to trick you uh, by putting a whole bunch of podcast candy under a box with a stick, and then when you get under it, I'm going to yank that stick with the string, and then you're going to be trapped into the box for all eternity. I don't want to do that to you guys. I don't want to make you think that I'm uh, going to pull out the metaphorical tablecloth underneath your metaphorical dishes here in our metaphorical kitchen. You remember Metaphorical Kitchen, don't you? Oh, my, you know what? That's absolutely my favorite Woody Guthrie album. I'm not going to lie to you. That is and that is saying something. Holy shit. Is that saying something? You're damn right. Because I think you all out there, everybody out there knows what a fan of I am of Guthrie. Oh, Jesus. Listen, if there's anybody out there that you thought to yourselves, I bet this guy would really enjoy the music of a hobo. That's going to be me, right? And that's why I love a Woody Guthrie. Just him wearing the dirtiest suit imaginable, sitting on the side of the road, yelling at Bob Dylan. And, I, you know, oftentimes I will go into an establishment and I will say, I am not going to eat here or drink here, sir or madam, until you Guthrie this fucking place up. You better Alice's restaurant the shit out of this place or I'm not going to order an old fashioned. That's what I'm not going to do. So and off more oftentimes than not, than not, they do it. They'll Guthrie the shit out of that place. And I'm just sitting there going, man, this is fucking beautiful. And then I say, I ain't going to work at Maggie's farm no more. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that a Guthrie thing? And I'm like, I'm sure Guthrie covered it. And didn't he do, doesn't he do like the quintessential America song? Like, uh. I don't know. Is, am I thinking of Alice's Restaurant? He does some song about the world or about the country, but it's always like, you know, eh, I was poor, do 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 and now I got a pocket full of straw, do 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 and there's a cow, look at him. I mean, what the fuck you, Woody Guthrie? I, although I say that with great love and respect. I love the man. As you know, I enjoy all of his work. But right now I got to drop a fuck you, Woody Guthrie, on him this early in the show because quit talking about uh, America and the corn pone wheat fields and all the other garbage. Everybody quit celebrating this joint as if it's something special. Quit writing about fucking pur- Purple Mountain Majesties and of the Fruited Plain. What are you talking about the Fruited Plain? Is that a plane covered in fruit? Uh, and I mean, I don't mean a plane like a flying plane. I mean like an actual plane. Like they mean like a fruited plane. I know what they meant. I think they mean it's a blossoming uh, plane, like a you know a wide open space or a field. And it is giving forth the bounty of the land. I'm not sure. Look, I don't want to analyze this fucking song for you guys, although I'm already halfway in. <laughs> Above the fruited plain. America. America. God shed his grace on thee. God finds his way to a lot of these songs. Uh, all right. So again, folks, the point is, and I'll tell you what, you're probably rooting for the new show, the old show. You're like, what the fuck? Shut up about Guthrie in America, you dope. 
Uh, I do a Twitch stream, as you know, and uh, this popped into my head that I should be doing something like this because uh, I do I do a Twitch stream, which is where me 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 play video games. Good lord, I can't even fucking talk. Uh, I play video games and I'll play for hours or I'll play for summers. And I'll, to be honest with you, lately I've been burnt. I started playing this game uh, called Days Gone, and it's zombies and motorcycles and. Uh, motorcycle zombies. I don't know. I it, everybody has a dystopian future that I have to go ahead and navigate through and find plants. It's just it just seems like again I've played the best of the best games. So now you start playing these other games that are kind of just aping the really good games. So this Days Gone is kind of a combination of horse opera, which I was playing Red Dead Redemption Two, and also you combine that with The Last of Us, which I talked about with giraffes and fun stuff like that. You combine those two games, you take the best of whatever the fuck those are. And it's also, it's a, you're running around you're, and you're looking for zombies. Okay, great. And then you're riding a motorcycle. But then, oh, look, there's some mushrooms. I mean, it's just, it's a strange uh, combination. But I, And then also, you kill some zombies and you drive down the street and you kill some more zombies. The story is just not, that was the whole point of God of War and these other games that I've played. The stories have been so strong, man. So I've, I've taken actually... I'm starting here. Here's how do I put this? I've been playing games recommended to me by other people. Now I'm starting to get a feel for what I actually like. Uh, I have to, you know, take into account the fact that I'm trying to get people to watch me on the Twitch stream as well. So I have to figure out what games are good for me, what games are fun for people to watch, and will the Twain meet? Shall the Twain meet anywhere? Um, so I've been playing, like, I played Mortal Kombat for a while. I, you don't fucking care. But the point is, I have a Twitch stream. And uh, there are new people who come to the Twitch stream every day, and I plug the podcast and things like that. And I did this, uh, you know, like 10 shows ago where I said, you know what? I've got new people coming in, so I'm going to introduce them to my back catalog. So we're going to do that again this week. Uh, I've picked a song. I picked a song. I've picked a show uh, from seven years ago this week. I think it's year five. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but I'm going to do some plugs here and get to that. Um, and what made me think of doing this was our friend. We have a guy who, who pops into the chat room because here's a neat thing. This is pretty cool. Not only are people finding me on Twitch via Twitch, you know, they're just like, oh, who's this fucking guy? They see the name, whatever they hop in. Uh, and I get my fair share of people making fun of me. Hey, is that a wig? Yeah, that's what I would do. I'd don a wig to come in and play video games. Uh, but it's the Internet. You know, those people are going to come in and charm you with their fucking horrible personalities. But we're finding cool people as well on Twitch and they're coming in and they're finding me and then saying, hey, I like podcasts. Where's your podcast? Uh, And then you tell them it's in the iTunes store and they subscribe to the damn thing or they can go to YouTube and hear all the archives from the past. And uh, and then people have written me and they're like, holy fuck, this is you're really funny. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. And then there was a guy named Big Squeaky. Oh, so I, before I even get to that, let's before we talk about Big Squeaky, the cool thing, like I said, was that not only are people discovering me via Twitch and writing me, but then also there are Never Not Funny fans who remember me from before or have heard me on the shows recently, and they are are coming to Twitch, and uh, they'll hang out with Elliot or Garen, one of the cool-ass dudes from Never Not Funny, who, and those guys will then send them my way with a raid, like Elliot will show up with like eight people. And I've had some people uh, jump on board, which is pretty cool. People listen to me on Never Not Funny, and then they find me years later. They're like, holy fuck, you're doing this. This is awesome. And then they tune in and they hang out. And uh, one of them, uh, there was a a gentleman named Big Squeaky. I I don't think that's his real name. It could be. Perhaps he is Big Squeaky. (laughs) You know what? He is. He's Anthony Big Squeaky. Uh, it's, It's an Italian name, old Italian name. 
Uh, but Mr. Big Squeaky wrote me and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I really like these past episodes. I'm really I'm digging this. And then he said, I would really like to reach out. Like, do you still like, is there a way to find them? I said, they're on YouTube. He goes, well, can you just send them to me? Is there I go, well, I used to sell the box set. He goes, well, I'm interested in the box set. So I said, if you are, this is what I used to sell it for. And if you want it, I'll send it to you right away. And uh, and he did. The man bought an old box set, uh, which, as you know, is uh, years one through nine. Uh, that was the last box set we offered. And then I have 10 and 11 lurking. I have not uploaded them yet. So I, cause I, the box set was discontinued, but big squeaky, Anthony, big squeaky, Tony, big squeaky said, Hey man, I'm going to reach out to you and try to get this, uh, this podcast thing straight now. And he actually bought a box set. So that got my wheels a spinning. And it made me think that if somebody like Anthony Big Squeaky w- would reach out for a box set, perhaps I should bring another, have to take another, you know, it's every 10 shows, maybe I'll do this, where I'll bring an older show out of the past. Uh, and let people listen to it. They'll hear, you know, because you can hear me now. Certainly this is now me in 2019 talking to you in uh, in May and, and saying, hey, guess what? I've got old shows. And then I'll bring you, uh, you know, like I said, probably eh, every 10 shows. That makes sense. I think so. We'll see. Um, and then I'll bring an older show because then the people from Twitch can come over and they can hear me doing this right now in the moment. And then they can also hear something from the past. And then they can think to themselves, wow, I want to subscribe now because of all that in the moment stuff. But I really want to go ahead and try to acquire the box set or a year from the past where I could go ahead and catch up on this gentleman's past. And it is my past. Don't kid yourself. Um, so today we bring you another episode uh, from the past. And and uh, I tell you it up front because I don't want you thinking that I tricked you because you're going to see the running time and be like, oh, what awesome. And then you're going to be like, ah, fuck, I heard that show already. And I don't want to be that guy. I, and, and also, hey, new people, let me go and, and explain my brain to you real quick. Uh, I feel like I'm cheating. If I don't, if I don't put out a, like a new show, which seems ridiculous and foolish and people are very nice, they go, dude, don't worry about it. But at the same time, I'm always in constant fear that my entire audience is going to fucking disappear. So uh, you guys all showing up from Twitch, you guys are fucking cool as hell because now it makes me think, oh, the audience is actually growing rather than people bailing. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, don't think I won't be gun shy this week in sharing an older episode. Now, look, it's a fucking funny ass episode. And, uh, and it's, it's very, well, I'll get to it in a second. I, eh, fuck it. Well, should I just do a plug first? Fuck. Just talk. Um, I'm going to do some plugs and then we'll go ahead and we'll play the older episode. Holy shit. What a fucking colossal failure this is. All right. Hi. Um, also before I go, I need to tell you, well, should I do this on the way into the other episode? No, I'll tell you this now. Hey, uh, I know that you're, if you're, if you're my age, you're 50, whatever the fuck, or if you're 30. Or if you're 18, whatever the fuck. I get them all. I get the whole spectrum of people listening to this goddamn show. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, The Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer is not the end of the world, okay? Can we all calm down, please? Can we just stop losing our fucking minds? I saw people online, you know, that raped my childhood thing has got to go out the fucking window now. We got to grow up as a society. And I say this as a man who actually just watched... Avengers twice in three days and I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not going to tell you whether I liked it or didn't like it. I'm not going to tell you any spoilers because I want you to see it and enjoy it for yourself. People will always uh, come to me and they're like, well, did you at least like it or what'd you think? And then this and that. And, uh, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to influence you either way. Go see the movie and, uh, and you owe it to yourself. If you've paid any attention to the Marvel universe, you have to see Endgame. period. It's not even like a choice. You just, you, you're compelled to see it. So please go see it because eventually I will talk about it. And, uh, yeah, I almost did a YouTube video about it over the weekend. And I'm like, eh, cause here's what I do. This is what I do with myself. Hey, maybe I'll do an Avengers end game YouTube thing where I kind of review it and stuff. And then I went, nah, nobody wants to see that. Cause I'm a fucking genius, man. 
Uh, I still might do one. Who knows? It's only been a week, but still, you guys should tune in and check it out and see if you like it or you don't. And then let me know and then talk to me and then go watch my YouTube thing that I'll never do. Hey, hi. Um, but I saw people panicking over the Sonic Hedgehog uh, trailer. And I don't look, I don't know fuck all about Sonic the Hedgehog. I know he's got to go fast. I know that Dr. Robotnik or whatever the fuck is trying to find him. And I know he's got a friend named Knuckles. That's a good name. Uh, and I know he eats rings or whatever the fuck. Because I will tell you, my mom loves, I, I think I've talked about this before. The only other thing I know about Sonic the Hedgehog is my mom loved him. And my mom's favorite part was when she wouldn't run with Sonic the Hedgehog. She would make him stand there and he would stand there for a few seconds. And then he would check his watch. And then he would look uh, out through the fourth wall at my mom and he would tap his foot. And my mom thought that was the greatest thing ever in a video game. She's like, oh, my God, look, he's so mad that I won't make him run. But she wouldn't make him run. She just fucking punished him and left him standing there. Uh, Maybe I should talk to my mom and see how she feels about the Sonic movie. Uh, Look, does Sonic look freaky in the trailer? You're fucking A right he does. He he looks like a gibbon, a blue gibbon. Nobody wants to see a blue gibbon. That's what Sonic with human teeth. What the fuck? Why'd you get my human mouth? He's just... I mean, I remember Sonic when he was 8-bit or 15 or 16-bit, whatever the fuck. And, uh, and look, he's, he's funky looking. He should look like Mickey Mouse. He should have, like, giant hands and, and like, a giant head. And his body should be totally scrawny. And, uh, but to make him look kind of anthropomorphic where he's, like, a real creature. See, fuck that, dude. He's got to be a weird space dude. You know, Pikachu got it right. Fucking, uh, uh, is it Pikachu? Is he the yellow dude? He just looks like a fucking loaf of bread with a mouth. Good for him. You know what I mean? They didn't try to go cute and go, oh, well, here's Pikachu if he looked like a real-life dog. Well, fuck that, man. Nobody wants to see that bullshit. Um, so I understand why you're you're taken aback by the appearance of Sonic the Hedgehog. But, I mean, but, but, I mean, I saw it. Now, for two days, it's going on people, just going on and on. And I was at, well, no, when did it come out? Tuesday? Is that when I was in the gym? Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, all day yesterday and all day today. It's just, I mean, I've seen it online, people in Facebook and shit like that, and talking about, oh my God, they've ruined it, and look at his mouth, and all that. I'm just like, oh, what? The, I, I, and look, I know we live in a roiling hellscape, and nobody wants to pay attention to what is really going on in the goddamn world. So, of course, you deviate from the norm, and you go ahead and you talk about Sonic's trailer and how bad it looks. But look, why don't you instead go the other way? Why do you embrace Sonic? Why don't you embrace the fact that Jim Carrey is funny and he's being funny in that movie again? And I know everybody's like, oh, he's an anti-vac... Because that's another thing. Everything is viewed for the prism, uh, through the prism of what these people have done. I, look, I don't know if Jim Carrey's an anti-vac guy. He might have said it a couple of times, but he's not really. I don't fucking know. He might have said that just because he wanted to fuck Jenny McCarthy. I have no idea if he said it and he meant it. I got no clue. I don't know the fucking guy. I know he's fucking half a wingnut banana head. That's fine. But I also find him to be a fascinating dude and an incredibly talented guy with a gift that is just uh, you don't see in a lot of people. But also, if he f- spun off the fucking planet and he's anti-vax, then yeah, fucking throw him in a grave. I get it. But people are like, they're you know, and also the people are like this abusive piece of shit because I guess his girlfriend killed herself. And then the Scientology people tried to come after Jim Carrey and say that he had something to do with it. And I don't, and it's that thing where I at that point I already know far too much about Jim Carrey and and the, his girlfriend and pills. And I I don't care, man. I don't fucking care. I wish he was okay and she was all right and he wasn't that guy. Or I wish I'm, I hope he's he isn't that guy and nobody fucking accused him of it. I don't fucking dude, literally. But people were like, ah, the Sonic movie is canceled because Jim Carrey's an abusive anti-vax piece of shit. I'm like, I don't. Jesus Christ. I, I, it just seems really fucking tedious to have to live your life judging everything through the prism of whatever the fuck just happened or, or happened a year ago or two years ago. That thing where cancel culture is fucking 
done. I just, I just, it drives me out of my fucking skull. All right, who cares? But the point is, please relax. And if you don't want to see the Sonic movie, don't see it. But maybe there are people who do want to see it. And also, oh, I will say this, though. They fucked up the trailer. I will tell you this for sure. Uh, there is a clear joke at the end of the trailer that the trailer should have ended on. There's a joke. There's a line and a joke and, a, and actually a reaction shot that follows the line. And that's your out. Comedy-wise, boom. He says a line and and it, you as an audience member laugh and then a woman makes a reaction in the trailer. You are fucking done, man. And yet they add two more lines after it. They they add and and one of them is not funny and not supposed to be funny. And one of them is not funny and is supposed to be funny. And that is bad. Um because they 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 give a there's a human and he says oh, I don't even want to give it a fuck well fuck it, it's a trailer he's got Sonic in a duffel bag and Sonic's like ah I don't like being in a duffel bag because I'm Sonic man look at my teeth and then he walks up to a bus stop or whatever the fuck and Sonic says something from inside the bag and someone looks at the guy and goes do you have your ch- ch- do you have your child in that bag and he goes no of course not and he goes I mean yeah I I mean I have there's a child in the bag it's just not mine and then a woman makes a face. You are done. But instead, the woman makes the face, and then there's a beat, and a and a guy goes, did you just say you have a child in that bag, but it isn't yours? And then Sonic inside the bag goes, it smells like Axe body spray and a ham sandwich in here. And that's the that's the end of the fucking trailer. I think he said Axe body spray. I don't even know what the fuck he said. It smelled like cheap cologne and a ham sandwich, whatever the fuck. Which also is my second favorite Woody Guthrie album, by the way. Cheap cologne and a ham sandwich. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, I smell like five cents. But I chase it down with a honey baked on wheat. Do, 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 Guthrie. He name checks himself. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Uh, in, my, in my Woody Guthrie fantasy, he name checks himself in his song about a ham sandwich. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Oh, death. Uh, all right. Here's the deal. Uh, so calm down with Sonic. But, uh, yeah, they fucked up the trailer because, again, the, the out is him saying, oh, yeah, there's a kid in the bag. It's just not mine. And then, uh, and then you show the woman lean back, and then you're done. That's the out. You don't got to go ham sandwich and a fucking and whatever the fuck else he said. And I will say this too again. All right, look, I, I realize I just told you to calm down over the trailer. I uh, I don't think it was exceptional. I don't think it was good even really, but I'm also not ready to. Th- and also, I'm never going to see the movie. You know, forget I even brought this up. <laughs> uh, I know because I was going to say that uh, it just looked harmless to me. But there are people who are like really mad at it. I guess it means something to them from being kids. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Uh, but I will tell you this, uh, there's uh, there's things in there that they there's no reason to do, but yet they do them anyway. Uh, it, 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 why would Gangster's Paradise make you think of Sonic the Hedgehog? Why? I don't, that's, it's so weird that that song's in the trailer. That's the weirdest fucking thing I can think of. Fuck the teeth even. Although that song, that song is the human teeth of of the of the music world because it's just this thing where you're, I even Googled it. I'm like, all right, that came out in 95. Sonic came out in 91. He did something for the Nintendo Switchers. I don't know, some bullshit console in 96, the Dreamcast. I don't fucking know. But there's no lineup with 1995. There's no Coolio connection to fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. I couldn't... F- Why that song? Just, it, it's just the most 
unhip white dudes went, well, what about this fucking song? This says 90s. It's just, it makes zero fucking sense. So between Gangster's Paradise and then the, the beat at the end, you know what? I've come, I've, I've talked myself into it. I fucking hate Sonic, the movie, the trailer. I'm with you guys. My childhood's been raped. Uh, and that's no bueno. That's no fun at all. Uh, so there you go. Oh, Twitch people, aren't you happy you're on board with this? Normally you're tuning in to watch me eat yogurt and then go ahead and kill zombies, but now instead it's me talking about Sonic the Hedgehog movie and saying the word rape 400 times. Good. I'm glad you're here. Welcome, new people. People! Uh, all right, so let's get these plugs out of the way, and then let's get to the real meat of the matter. Let's bring in the old show, uh, the the greatest hit, if you will, which is lurking and waiting to be, uh, it's locked and loaded, as I'll tell you, and it's ready to fucking fly right into your naked steaming ears, as David Lee Roth would say. Folks, do you want to drive for Lyft or Uber? Of course you do. Uber Pro has come to Los Angeles with more rule changes that I can't even fucking hope to explain, and yet, and yet... Back in the car, trying to make as much money as I possibly can. It's a, it's, look, man, uh, it's a gangster's paradise. It's all I'll say to you. What if I played that every time I drove? Uh, if you want to be a cameo, uh, no, no, fuck that cameo. You had uh, nobody wants a cameo thing. Hey, I thought about this too. Let's do this real fast. Um, I thought of it because I, I was had a Twitter exchange with a uh, someone I actually talked to in the in the old days. You know, I used to do a uh, a thing where I had a. a <laughs> I did a thing one day. I don't even know why the fuck it came up. And I only mentioned now because it might be on this old show. Uh, I, I had a, a thing called schmittycallme at gmail.com. It was an email address. And if people wrote me, I would call them. And uh, and the funny thing was when people would send me notes, then I you know I might not call for like two weeks, but then I would call and they'd answer the phone and be like, hey, hi, it's, uh, it's Mike Schmidt. And they would, inevitably they would freak out because they didn't think that it was real that I was really going to call them. Um, and also let me say this, if I've called you in the past, uh, well, fuck it. I don't care. Why am I going to take this off the table for you guys? Who cares? Uh, I always pitch cameo on here because I want to make money. Obviously, if you don't know what the cameo app is, it's called uh, it's, you download it to your phone and you hire me to go ahead and talk to your friends and family and say good things to them. But I'll go ahead. I'll go this way too, as well. Look, you guys have been gracious enough. Some people have found me on cameo, not a lot of people, but some people. Um, but I'll, I'm going to directly compete with Cameo this week and tell you that Schmitty, uh, call me at gmail.com. Is that the address? I get it. Hold on. Before I start giving this shit out, I better double check. Um, <laughs> so fucking stupid. Schmitty, call me at gmail.com. Uh, one week only. We'll go ahead and we'll just leave it till one week only until next week's show comes out. Uh, until next Thursday morning. If you write me, I'll give you a call. I'm not saying when. But if you, if you write me a note, and I mean, who the fuck? I, look, you might not want to talk to me. You might not want me to call you. I totally get those things. I completely understand it. But it uh, it made me laugh because I had this Twitter exchange uh, with this with this uh, listener, and she was like, you actually called me years ago uh, on one of your promotions. And I thought, you know what? That was actually a fun promotion. I didn't mind doing that. I remember calling people from the Gelson's parking lot and having them freak out when I, I was like, hey, hi, it's Mike Schmidt. And they're like, what the? Oh, my God. What? But I've also met so many of you now. Like, I, I feel like nobody wants to participate in this, and that's totally fine. I don't have to call you, but I'm just saying it exists for one week only, ladies and gentlemen. Schmitty, call me at gmail.com. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-M-E at gmail.com. Schmitty, call me at gmail.com, and I'll give you a shout. And, uh, and we'll talk for either 10 seconds or 10 minutes. Who knows, man? It depends. Maybe we hit it off. Maybe we talk for an hour. Maybe we talk for two hours. How great would that be? Maybe I record the call and I release it as a podcast next week. Who knows what's going to happen, baby? Uh, 
Uh, so schmittycallme at gmail.com for one week only. One week only is active and alive. Still on Cameo as well. If you want me to call your friends and family and tell them you love them or you hate them, you can do that on Cameo. Download the app to your phone. Uh, but like I said, this week, one week only, me at gmail.com. Write me a note and I will give you a shout. Who wants to drive for Uber or Lyft? It's you, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, if you want to drive for Lyft, use this code and it's all capital letters. Mike 720057. M-I-K-E 720057. Use that code if you want to drive for Lyft. It helps me out. It helps the show out. And uh, it'll help you out because you'll get a ride. You'll wind up somewhere fun and interesting, I'm sure, because that's where you're going. Uh, And also, if you're a first-time rider, I think I just said you'd be riding. (laughs) If you're a first-time rider, use my code, Mike720057, M-I-K-E720057. Use that code as a first-time rider, and I get a spiff off of that. Like I said, if you want to drive for Lyft, I get a spiff off of that. Depending on how many drives you do, it's it's fantastic, folks. Also, Uber just as fantastic, equally as fantastic as Lyft in this uh, referral game. Go to Uber and use the code, hold on, fighting off a goddamn yawn, DJZW1YTTUE. That's DJZW1YTTUE. Go ahead and grab that and listen to it and love it. Uh, and go ahead and use that if you want to be an Uber driver. Use it if you want to be an Uber passenger for the first time. I get a spiff either way. Think of me, and I'll think of you. I've mentioned the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go and check me out. I'm usually there at uh, somewhere between 3 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon is when I start, and then we go, sometimes we go for two hours, sometimes we go for eight hours. Who the fuck knows? It's a coin flip. But you can tune in and watch me play all sorts of games. There are zombies and hillbillies. And, uh, and there's a game, I, it's like a haunted house game that I'm going to be doing called uh, Until Dawn. I'm excited to play that game. All sorts of fun stuff. So please follow me at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Following me is big. Subscribing is also big. If you're an Amazon Prime customer, you can Twitch Prime subscribe to me, and it costs you fucking nothing, man. Gets me five bucks, costs you nothing, really helps the show out, and also the channel. So please do that. That would be great. Follow me, subscribe, subscribe, and follow to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You'll find me on there streaming there in the afternoons six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. Although this Sunday, I'm going to be at a uh, barbecue, so I'll be doing it a little later than three or four, but I'll still be doing it. I'll still be doing it Sunday night at least. So please uh, find me at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Hey, I have a YouTube channel. I think I mentioned that earlier. You can go subscribe to that over there at uh, the 40-year-old boy. Sorry, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, All the archives of the show are on there. And uh, eventually Twitch clips, eventually all sorts of different things are going to be on there. I'm still learning OBS and getting that squared away. I've got bells. I've got whistles. I just haven't installed them yet. So soon, folks, that'll be there. Uh, we have a sponsor for this show. If I mentioned that, I don't know if I have the paranoid strain podcast sponsors this show, and they are my favorites in the entire world. That's our good friend, fearful Jesuit. He's up there at his compound, uh, in Northern California. I don't want to get too specific in case you go hunting for him, especially because the, uh, the show this week, the one that's in there is, uh, is about assassins. And he's working on part two of the assassins as well. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, but if you're wondering about a Hassan Il Sabah and is uh, you're going to want to listen to this show, man. If you want to if you want to talk about popcorn, shrimp, and bacon cheeseburgers on Yom Kippur, you want to listen to this goddamn show. If you want to know who Drinky McNoshoot was, you want to listen to this fucking show. If you've ever thought to yourself, Errol Flynn, what the fuck is your deal, man? This is the show to listen to. 
If you want to talk about uh, milk and wine and honey and rivers flowing with all of those things and animals and birds and hashish and opium and the garden of earthly delights, please listen to this show. Uh, you, you want to hear him? You want to hear Dana? It's Fearful Jesuit and Dana. They're just bringing you the fucking news, baby. And they're getting to the heart of the matter. They're the meat of the matter. They're getting to the meat in your mouth, I guess is the way I would put it. Uh, <laughs> the Paranoid Stream Podcast is available in the iTunes Store right now. Go ahead and subscribe, please. Leave a review in the iTunes Store telling them how much you love the show and how you heard of it through us. And I'll be happy. You'll be happy. We'll all be very, very happy if you do that because he'll know I'm a hitter. You're getting quality content. He knows that I'm uh, I'm doing my job. And I'm pleased just because I like sharing fucking great things. This is a goddamn great show. Anytime I can hear something that's totally different than what I do. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. Again, like I said, it's like watching a magic trick unfold and listening to this show is is truly like a magic trick. Uh, the, the cold open, I talk about it every week because, again, it's astonishing to me. Uh, it's one actor doing two separate monologues in two different scenes. You'll uh, And I don't might not it might not make sense until you go listen, but go listen. You'll hear it. and You'll love it. So the Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the iTunes store. If you want to contact them, write them an email. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. That's the paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write them a note. Tell them you love the show. Tell them you heard it through me. Tell them uh, and give them suggestions for topics. You know, I mean, although he's working hard on some stuff that's already going to air later in the year. The guy's a fucking he's a goddamn machine is what he is. Uh, when I'm not up at the compound bothering him, the guy actually gets some work done, locks himself in a broom closet and records some lines, gets Dana Unicorn out. She takes care of business. So please contact him via the paranoid strain at gmail.com or leave a review in the iTunes store, letting him know that you've heard of the show through us. You love the show. And, uh, and you've subscribed and you can't get enough of it. And you're looking forward to the next episode, which is part two. Part two of Assassins, including that grand pappy of all the conspiracy theories, the Kennedy assassination, to be dealt with on the next Paranoid Strain episode. You want to get in on the bottom floor of that. You want to go ahead and subscribe so it comes right to your house. Go right now. Shoo. Go to the iTunes store and subscribe, please, to the Paranoid Strain podcast, our favorite and yours. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page, and the Amazon link is there. It's going to look, it looks weird. I'm not going to lie to you. Remember last week I was having problems with Amazon while well, I've reached out to them, and everything's fine now. But the, uh, we had to take Ann Margaret off the wall. I know. I don't feel good about it. It's not, I, I don't know how to code things, so there was no way I could, I could salvage it, but Mex was nice enough to give me artwork that had Ann Margaret removed, and then... Our good friend Ryan Dirks, who does all the web stuff for the show. Why? That's right. I should mention him. Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. You can go ahead and get him involved uh, by contacting him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and telling him he's great because he really bailed me up by getting that Amazon link up this week. Uh, it's a little floaty. He's still working on the code and trying to get it to where it's really centered. Um, but the good news is it exists. So go to the merchandise page at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, click on the Amazon link, and buy everything you possibly can. Uh, like Saturday, this, this happened. Um, I, I went to check to make sure the link was working and it was because you know what I sold Saturday high powered orgasm balls and, uh, a finger clit massager. 
and I was like, God damn, this is fucking perfect. That's, you know what? That's the kind of shit people should be buying. I know you want to buy shoes and stuff like that on Amazon, but if you're going to use the Amazon link, fucking right there on the 40-year-old boy uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com website, I say uh, I say buy some high-powered orgasm balls and a finger clip massager. I, I, I didn't really, like I saw it, and I don't know if it's one of those ones that you put on your finger and you work your clit, or I don't know if it's one of the ones that you wrap around your cock and it's, uh, it, it's like a vibrating cock ring that actually also works the clit. I don't know, man. I don't know what it was. All I know is somebody bought it on, on, in my name, and now every time they use the motherfucker, they're going to think of me. Anytime time you use your high-powered orgasm balls, please think of Mike Schmidt. I know you will, uh, and I'm glad to make some filthy money off the back of that. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. And never before have I been more excited about the stuff or the money. We get money, they get money, you get orgasms, courtesy of us. That's fantastic. Thank you for thinking of me and getting your high-powered orgasm balls and your clit finger massager. Woof. All righty, baby. Now we're fucking talking. So go to the Amazon link and use that, please. It's right there at MikeSchmidtComedy.com on the merchandise page. We have a Patreon page as well. I say this for all you new Twitch people because the people who come and listen to this podcast all the time, uh, they know about this, but there's a Patreon page. When you're when you're watching me on Twitch, it's right underneath my head there in a circle. Uh, go to Patreon.com and look for the 40-year-old boy or look for Mike Schmidt, and I'm going to come up. You'll see my smiling head. And uh, and be a patron of this show. Thank you very much. Like our friend Mike Beats has done. Mike Beats has jumped in, and he's become a new patron. Thank you so much, Mike Beats. I'm glad you stepped up and stepped to the plate. Did you step to the plate? You may have stepped to the plate. I don't know. <laughs> Should, is that what we're going to call it? I have a plate. Please, everybody, come up and step to the plate like our good friend Mike Beats and become a Patreon subscriber. That would be fantastic. Uh, who, I, yeah, there might be names that I've not mentioned here because we, I know Mike Beats did it. He was the guy who signed up. And then we uh, we wound up having our good friend, uh, well, Matthew Henshaw increased his. I think I talked about Eddie the Laser. Uh, he was here and he he, uh, he made a change to his. Uh, Mike Beats, yeah, so I guess we didn't, I guess I've covered everybody here in, in April. That's good. Um, so thank you to everybody who's, who's a patron at the Patreon page. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for making it happen. And I hope you'll continue to do so going forward. That's really nice of you. And all you new people who want to jump in on Patreon, that would make me very happy. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, so that's, uh, oh, and also, you know what? Here's the thing. I talked about our, our sponsor, which is, of course, the Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. That's our good friend over there, uh, Fearful Jesuit. But as you know, all of the artwork, all of the music. I mentioned Ryan Dirks. He's the web guy, right? But uh, dudes, our good friend, David Hernandez, is the guy who comes in and he does all of this badass stuff, all the artwork, all the music, everything else you could possibly think of for this show. Um, you want to contact him through, uh, through Facebook, okay? Uh, if you go to his Facebook page right now, first of all, he's at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can ask to be his friend there while you're there. And also, while you're going there, you should go ahead and look at the, the he has the Art by DMH, because he has a website called Art by DMH, which is amazing, okay? But if you really want to see the artwork and the stuff that he's kind of doing now, go to his Facebook page, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, and then he's got an Art by DMH album right there on the Facebook page. It's got his caricatures, uh, it's got the Gaikons, the Valscapes, portraits, things like that that he's done before. You want to go ahead and, and look, because I guess the stuff on, on the website is, uh, it's a decent representation, but you really want to see the stuff at the Art by DMH. Uh, and and also, if you want to go to the Westside 86 Jokers page, which is my fan club page, you can go there and scroll through all the cover artwork he's done. Uh, it'll give you a real 
great idea about all the stuff that he does. And also, he's still available for Facebook profile caricatures, all sorts of things like that. But if you go to the Westside 86 Jokers page and flip to the cover photos, you will see the amazing work that he's done for me in the years past, uh, changing the, the thing. He, he was changing it every week. Uh, until a couple of months ago, and but and and then uh, he's got the the latest one that was just brilliant. It's up there now. So go to Facebook.com/slash/DavidMexHernandez, uh, become his friend. Also go through his photos, check out the Art by DMH album there, and see all the stuff that he's done in the past. A lot of examples of his artwork. You can contact him through his Facebook page, or you can also get him at David at ArtByDMH.com if you're not a Facebook person. Um, he also has a new page that is available at Facebook. It's a closed group. Uh, it's called, it's just, if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find it, but it'll say it's a closed group and then you have to be, go ahead and and get in. Uh, it's called, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. And that's a page that he's created. It's a closed group. And, uh, he's actually creating a bunch of different characters there. He's putting out all sorts of illustrations all the goddamn time. Uh, when you do want to join. So if you go there, it's a closed group. Okay, and it's it gives a real good example of the characters he can create, the content he can do for you if you're interested. And if you want to just join the closed group, uh, you will have to answer three questions. I need to warn you about that. So I'm, there may be something about the velocity uh, between an air laden swallow and a ground swallow. I don't fucking know how it works, but if you want to join the group, go ahead and do so. Find that uh, Facebook page. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. And uh, and go ahead and rap on their door, and they'll ask you three questions, and you can come in and check it out. Uh, and again, if you still want to see artbydmh.com, it does exist. Go ahead and check it out. It's there. But you really want to get a hold of him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. That's facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Find him there. He can work at anything you want him to do. Like I said, if you want him to, he can, you know what? He actually did this. I saw him do this one before. He's the only guy in the world like I've ever seen who can create a smoke sculpture. Yeah, that's right. He'll do, he lights a fire, grabs a handful of smoke, and he turns it into whatever the fuck you want him to. He's, he's fucking talented. He's like a shaman. He's like an art shaman. By the way, you remember Art Shaman, don't you? He, play, he played clarinet in the Woody Guthrie Trio. Oh, Art Shaman. Tearing it up with that hobo Guthrie. Ah, you better house this restaurant this fucking joint. Uh, so please, you can get him through his Facebook page or get him at David at, Art by DMH, David at ArtByDMH.com, but he's the best, and you want to get him on board with doing some work for you and go ahead and find him there. And now, folks... We move on to this week's uh, special feature, I guess. Uh, Jesus Christ, I talked for almost 40 minutes. And that's and see, and that's foolishness. Because now I could just call this a show. Although I guess the, the plugs, of, I, I don't want to lock those in and just give you a... I, I'm throwing in a bonus. Fuck it, I'm throwing in a bonus. This is foolish. I This is the thing, man. I climb in my own head and I tell myself, you know, don't fucking do this. And uh, well, it's not even about... You don't want to hear this bullshit. The point is... <laughs> I, I want you to have... I want Twitch people to hear an older show. All right. That's just the decision I made. But then when I wind up talking for 40 minutes, I wonder if I've scared them off. I, I'm a weird fucking dude. Ignore me. This show that we're going to play. And uh, you notice there was no music here or there, but there's going to be music. I'm including in a whole episode here and it might have old school plugs. Uh, <laughs> you might hear references to my wife. One thing about this, I will tell you in this particular show, because this is seven years ago this week. So this is uh, episode five of year five is what it was. And in listening to it, um, you'll hear me talk about a comedian friend and you'll actually hear me telling you the story of, of a show I went to that I just described like probably two months ago when I was talking about, unfortunately, I lost a friend and I told a, a story about when I was at a taping and he, he kind of reached out, whatever the fuck, it's Brody Stevens. So you'll hear it. Um but it's interesting that in the show I did about Brody after he left us, 
I, I told you the, the anecdote about when I was at this comedy thing and I didn't feel like a comedian and he made me a part of it. Well, if you listen to this episode, you're going to get the story of I went to the taping that week and you hear me talking to Brody about my being on the road and whatever the fuck you'll hear it. So I don't want to give it away. Um, but this is one of my favorite shows. It, it's, uh, it has, it has this rant. I, I had just read a story in, about in Las Vegas, there were people living in, in storm drains, and holy fuck, am I funny? I'm just, I'm just a funny ass dude. I listen to this show back and forth, and I'm like, my god. I between this and then the massage thing, you're gonna fucking die. It's so good. It's episode five from year five of the Forty Year Old Boy Podcast that is available for you right now, coming at you live, coming at you right now with fucking crazy bells on. No whistles. I did not include the whistles. I'm gonna tell you that I kept all the whistles off of this one, but I've definitely included the bells. Episode five of year five. And the title of this episode was Compliments to the Chef. Oh, yeah. I am awake and alive. And alive. And alive. I'm so great, I gotta say it twice and cut it out once. My head's a syrup bottle that's getting tipped over every Wednesday. You're a storyteller in a storytelling podcast, and the only story you're telling now is a story about stories you don't want to tell! What the fuck?! Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? You know what, folks? I've been, she was pointing for, like, was it a minute? It seemed like a minute. She was pointing and recording and recording and pointing. I, I say you leave that silence in. Because we'll have the theme song, and they'll just have like this long ass silence. Everybody's like, "Ah, oh, fucking Lily, she didn't put the show up." Because you know that's the, that's the first thing they think of is fucking Lily. Uh, nobody's mad at me because everybody knows I'm here and locked and loaded and ready to talk. Hey, have mouth, we'll talk, folks. That's how it works with Mike Schmidt in Mike Schmidt Land. Uh, oh my God! By the way, the worst amusement park you'll ever visit in your life. Oh my Christ, Mike Schmidt Land is terrible. It is just, uh, it is just, although I will tell you that what you want to do, the first thing you do, go right, you know the ball pit that you jump in at Chuck E. Cheese? I've got one filled with the candy from Trader Joe's. Oh, you just got to eat your way out of there. God damn it, that's actually not bad. I would get one of those ball pits and fill it with like candy from Trader Joe's. It would be, well, no, you got to have clean, you take a shower before you jump in. Uh, I, by the way, Lily, she was trying to indicate like that it would be, uh, there would be body odor and stuff. And she pointed at areas of her body that I would not normally imagine there to be any sort of filth. No. Uh, no, yes, that's exactly what you did. Cause she made a face like, ew. And then she pointed here and here and, uh, oh, getting caught under those places. Well, it's good. Yeah. It's going to cut under your, your tits. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you might have actually, you might have candy under there now. <laughs> How do you not? Oh my god! If you had giant tits like that, if I had big tits like that, I would have candy under them at all times. So when people came on, they're like nice tits. I would literally lift them up, and then candy would pour out like a pinata. Oh man, that's perfect! It's like a special bonus. Not only are my tits great, but look at this—they reward your children as well. God damn it! They provide sweets. Not only is my rack amazing, but it has sweets for you as well. God damn it! Why? Uh, why don't I run tits? I should run tits. If I was in charge of tits, that's what would happen. They would all—they would dispense candy from the bottom. Like a like a like a, uh, a like a Pez dispenser with a tit on the top. God damn it, that's fantastic. All right, folks. So, I should be the boss of tits. If if somehow look, when's the next election? That's the thing. I want to know when they're hiring. Is tits hiring? We got to call Tits Inc. Is it Tits Inc.? It might be. It might be Tits Industries. I have no idea what it is. Whatever. The the bottom line is, I got to get an application in there, folks. And uh, by the way, copyrighted. We got to. You know what? We got to take this show and mail it to me so they don't steal this goddamn idea. That's right. Back off, tits. 
You don't. You can't take the candy falling out of the bottom of tits idea and not compensate me. And I'm not taking any candy out of your tits either, motherfucker. I want cold green cash. I can't. This is a money idea. This isn't a candy idea. Look, I got plenty of ideas that are candy ideas. This is a money idea. And holy fuck, do I need it at this point in time? I need money, folks. I am. Uh, I am ready to just perish. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I'm just gonna tell you that right now, I, without revealing too much. Because you know, it's funny. This show is drawn from my life, and I tell you things that are from my life, but. Uh, I, I can't tell you some of the shit that's going on now. I can't. I want to. I really would love to. I don't know why I want to. I, I, what's that going to do? It's not going to do anything but depress you. Because you sit there right now and you're thinking to yourself, Mike's life is nothing but laughs and money. And I know you feel that way. I know in your heart you're like, except for the people who write me and, and are mad that I bitch when I don't have any money or when I get mad about stuff. I had a guy, look, all right, look, listen, listen. Folks, if you don't like this show or, or if I say things that like, I, just stop listening. Just stop. I'm not going to correct them. I'm not going to change. You understand that, right? We're in year five of me acting like a jackass. It's not fucking changing. I'm a jag off who's trying to evolve and hopefully things will change in the, in the interim. But I mean, uh, uh, when it gets right down to it, I'm still this guy. This is who I am. It's not going to fucking change. There's a, there's a person out there who's a nice man. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. He's offered me a, uh, I've talked about him before because he wrote shitty things to me. Not shitty. See, this is where it's gonna, it gets to the root of this. God damn it. Listen to me. <laughs> he bitched when I bitched about the Vitamix. When I talked about the Vitamix and I was like, oh, he's like, hey, you know, why the fuck do you even need a Vitamix? And then you whine about it all the fucking time. And it's like, God damn it, dude. What? Stop listening. All right. If you don't want to hear about my adventures with the blender, just get the fuck off my feed. That's another thing that makes me laugh. I'm on Twitter and there are people, there's a guy I follow and uh, he's a baseball guy. He's just a baseball guy. But then people will write mean things to him and he goes, get the fuck off my feed. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, how tough are you? Really? It's Twitter for fuck's sake. You can't act tough on Twitter because you know why? It's called Twitter. It's impossible for you to bow up and get all small on fucking Twitter, you dumb fuck. Literally, like, if you write a mean thing, I, if, you, if anybody ever writes a mean thing to me on Twitter, I'm just going to write them back, tweet, tweet. <laughs> Look at that little bluebird up in the corner, motherfucker. He's the bluebird of happiness. I refuse to be brought down by you and your anonymous bullshit. So this fucking guy wrote me, and again, I've been nice to him in the past, and he's nice to me, and we've gone back and forth, and he offered me a nice room and a bed and breakfast. He's a wonderful person. He lives in an area of the country where he runs a bed and breakfast, but then he wrote me to say, we don't even have one of those in my uh, Vitamixes in my bed and breakfast. You're a dick. Like, he was that mad at me. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck do you want me to do? If I want to piss my money away in a blender, I'll do it. Uh, and, and But it was all cordial. But then, then, he fucking writes me, and, he, uh, and it just says... Uh, Hey, did you ever notice when you do something wrong, it's okay, but when other people like make requests of you, they're crazy assholes or whatever? Like, And I wanted to go, yeah, yes, I have noticed that. I want to write him back and go, hey, have you ever noticed that I do a comedy show on the internet and sometimes I amp shit up so it sounds a little crazier than it really is and I'm not really mad at the Joe Walsh guy? You do understand that, right? Tom was cool with it. Tom, who sent me Joe Walsh, wrote me and said, hey, man, that was awesome. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'm like, good, because I wasn't trying to tell you never to listen to me again. And if you have more Joe Walsh related publications around your home, please feel free to send them to me. I would love to read them. I don't know what other crazy hobbies Joe Walsh has, what other uh, you know niche magazines he's posed for. But by all means, get them in the mail to me. I demand it. I want an influx of Eagle related reading material. But this guy wrote me and he's just like, hey, did you ever notice that like when anybody, anybody else does something, they're nuts, but you do it and you're okay? Yes, I have noticed that. Have you noticed that that's kind of the theme of this show? That I'm, by the way, the show's called The 40-Year-Old Boy because I'm an asshole, right? 
because I'm an immature child who does whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't and, and also holds other people to impossible standards. You understand that, correct? Hey, you ever notice when someone else does something they're crazy? It's like, I, yes, George Carlin, I did notice that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. And, and again, you're a nice man. I love you. I thank you. I don't love you. Really, that seems strong. I don't know if you and I have bought it to the point now where I actually have brought you into my heart as someone I care for. And yet, as a listener, I do tell you that I'm happy that you're on board, but you're you're more than welcome to stop listening anytime you'd like. And and I and when he writes stuff like that to me, it makes me when anybody writes stuff like that, you're not the you're not the only one bed and breakfast. Other people have written me ridiculous shit. And I and I'm always like, are they trying to solve the mystery of this show? Is that what they're trying to do? <laughs> Folks, there's no there's no chewy center to this show. It's all hard candy. This entire fucking show is hard candy with no chewy center to discover in the middle. There's no you don't there are no licks to get to the center of this show. If Mr. Owl's like, hey, how many licks does it take to get to the center of this show? None. He would go one, a two, a three, and then he'd bite it, and then he'd break his fucking teeth because it's hard candy, motherfucker. Quit trying to get to the bottom of it. My show's not a Scooby-Doo mystery. You and your dog and your hippie fucking friend and your idiot in the cravat and your nerdy girlfriend and the hot chick can pull your van over and quit analyzing my fucking show. I do the show that I want and and I'm going to do it and I will do it no matter what you meddling kids seem to think. (gasps) There's no mystery of my show to get to the bottom of. There's no, it's just, it is what it is. It's just me talking. I just, I met, I saw a comic, Brody Stevens, the other day. And, uh, and this, uh, this, by the way, this will tell you exactly what kind of a touchstone I have with the comedy community now. I'm talking to Brody and uh, I'm like, how's it going? Because he went to Austin and he did a, a festival in Austin. And he's been traveling. He's been doing some shows with Neil Hamburger. I'm like, how's that going, man? He was in Portland. He was in Seattle. And I know you just made a face about Neil Hamburger. All right, Lily made a face. Uh, I don't know if you know who Neil Hamburger is. All right, let me, uh, let me tell you a little story about Neil Hamburger. All right. Neil Hamburger is a comedian uh, who purposely bombs. That's his deal. Uh, he, he does a thing where he completely bombs on purpose. And now I, I will tell you how I discovered Neil Hamburger. I may have talked about this on the show before. I don't know if I did or I didn't. I'm sure Bed and Breakfast has a, a, dos- a dossier where he's going to go ahead and go, wait a second, hold on. <laughs> hold on. He's flipping through a book of pages. I believe back at episode 11 in year three, you shut up. God damn, make some scones for building four. Uh, is it building? They're not buildings, right? Bed and breakfast is not a whole building. That would seem odd. That's like that's prison, actually. <laughs> if you have a bed and breakfast with actual buildings, that's a prison. Uh, be- room four, bedroom four. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, put on. You know what? Just fucking go fuck with a French press for nine hours and make shitty coffee. All right. Uh, I don't drink coffee. I don't know if a French press is good or bad. I don't know anything about it. Just know that that's what leaped into my head right there. Uh, and I, uh, he's going to write me some note where he's going to be like, dude, you're awful, right? You're all awful. I'm gonna go, yes, I'm awful. That's the point. You've pointed out how awful I am in previous letters, which I have then, you know what? Here's feel good about this bed and breakfast. Every time you write me a letter that points out, Hey, do you ever realize that uh, other people are jerks and you're a jerk too? Yes. I print it out and I put it in my Vitamix and I shred the fucking thing. <laughs> I make a protein shake with your fucking email put right in. It's actually, it's a little stronger than that. That seemed weird. That sounded like a, it sounded awful, like almost like a weed whacker under a couch. That's, I just did that noise. 
Uh, if you if you had a, somehow if you were whacking weeds under a couch, if you're a redneck right now, you're in Georgia and you got a couch out in your yard and you want to get the weeds and you jammed a weed whacker, it would go. That's what it would sound like. Uh, that's actually that's very close to my Chewbacca. All right, so if if somehow you had Chewbacca under a couch, listen to me. Put your weed whacker down for just a second, Georgia. Peek under your couch because Chewbacca may be under there. You heard that noise, didn't you? All right. Uh, that's Chewbacca pinned under a couch in Georgia. Uh, why is he in Georgia? Why would he go there? Stay out of the States, Chewbacca. We're not good to Wookiees. We don't like gay people or Wookiees. It's the way it is in this town, especially in the South. Holy shit. If a Wookiee's going to come here, go to New York. You'll blend right in. Don't go to the fucking South. They'll shoot you. They're looking for Bigfoot forever down there. Literally, they're out, like, they have patrols still to this day in Georgia. They have posses that go out into the woods looking for, first of all, escaped slaves because they can't let it go. Why can't you let it go? I got news for you. If a slave fled the plantation in 1811, A, good on him for being uh, able to hide for fucking 200 years. And B, I'm going to assume he hasn't set up camp. If he somehow got away from you, Georgia, and he's, he went into the woods, he has exited the woods at some point. There is not a, an escaped slave colony living in the woods right now trying to stay away from you because slavery may still be in effect. Trust me, they get newspapers delivered in the woods. Oh, I gave it away. They are in the woods. Damn it. <laughs> so if you're a Wookiee, stay out of Georgia. All right. So because that, as they as they go out with their posses and they look for escaped slaves, they will see you and just and they look, they're not going to know what to make of you. First of all, they're all going to think you're Bigfoot. As I've mentioned, they're all going to think you're Bigfoot. And then you're just going to get filled with southern bullets. I don't want that to happen to a Wookiee. So right now, if you're a Wookiee and you're in Georgia, hide under a couch. <laughs> Although, you know what? Bullshit, because I just told Georgia to look under the couches for you. Holy shit. I've ruined it for Wookiees. I'm sorry, I've blown your cover. Hop in the Millennium Falcon and get the fuck out of there. Not that every Wookiee has a Millennium Falcon. We all know there's only one of those. If you're Chewbacca, get in the Millennium Falcon and flee Georgia immediately. If you're another Wookiee, I don't know, get in your ship, hop on a horse. I don't know what the fuck you people do. The only time I've ever seen Chewbacca do anything, he's on the Millennium Falcon. I don't know. Maybe you have a subway. Like, there's a special Wookiee subway. Maybe there's an underground railroad that you could get on, Wookiee. Hold on a second. Perhaps there's an underground railroad that Wookiees could climb on in Georgia. And it's like, a, a, and to get to the north. We need to get the Wookiees to the north. Can we please? We've done it before. I think I read it in a, in a textbook before. There was an underground railroad of some import way back when. Uh, you know where it didn't run? Through the woods, apparently, because those guys fled into the woods and immediately set up camp. Why? Get the fuck out of there. It's 1811. Go find somewhere to go. Perhaps if there were an underground railroad to get Wookiees out of Georgia. Yeah, I've, I've hit upon something. All right. Uh, if only Harriet Tubman the Eighth were there. Um, That's right, right? Harriet Tubman? She's the underground railroad. Rosa Parks is the bus chick. All right. I've got it all squared away. Listen, I've got it all squared away, folks. It's not even February. Look at the nuggets of knowledge I'm bringing to you, folks. However, it is May, which, as we all know, is uh, is Wookiee History Month. So, uh, all right. So, the fuck was I saying? I didn't remember what I was saying. Oh, I'll get to him in a second. So, uh, I was talking, yeah, I'm talking about Neil Hamburger. Somehow, I wanted him to escape slaves living in the woods. Because they are in the woods, I guarantee there, there's, there's going to be a colony of somebody in the woods. Because I've been reading now, folks. As I've uh, and I am, I will tell you, as this show started out with me telling you that I can't tell you things about my life. But let's just uh, when I tell you these next few things, you'll understand exactly where I'm at these days. Um, I just read a story about people who live underground in Las Vegas. 
they live in storm drains and uh and they and they're happy to do so like these people that's that's my favorite part whenever they interview these people nobody's pissed off that they live in a storm drain everybody's like well we found a double bed in the dumpster and now we live in a storm drain yay like they're so happy they're like ah i'm so happy i can do heroin away from the prying eyes of the world because inevitably once it, you start unfolding and unpeeling the fucking storm drain dweller onion you're gonna get to the center of it heroin heroin is always at the center of the storm drain dweller onion no matter how good they try to make it sound because that's the thing this whole article is like because the guy is he's he's at arm's length where he's kind of like these people live in storm drains this is interesting but the people live in the storm drains keep trying to make it sound okay but the more they try to make it sound okay they start revealing things of themselves and you go oh that's why you live in a fucking storm drain so this dude is like well uh yeah bob who was a hotel clerk at one of the many casinos here until he had a heroin problem that he couldn't kick but he swears he's been clean since january <laughs> sure he does that's what he's going to tell the reporter who's about to publish this story and could be because he also gave that reporter his fucking real name and let him take a picture of him living in a storm drain of course he wants one good thing in there about himself yes this is my face yes i live in a storm drain but i kicked heroin in january i promise <laughs> And then, the, but then they always throw these little offhand nuggets in that they, they think is just, you know, what they're doing is they're fleshing out the picture and they're also, the, it's a cute reporter's trick because they're letting you make your decision about the people. Rather than the reporter going, this is fucking awful that these people live in a storm drain, he's just going to give you the dragnet just the facts, ma'am, and then you, as you read them, you just go, oh, oh, no, oh. So because people are like, you know what, the storm drain's not so bad. We live down here, we have like a kitchen, a makeshift kitchen, and we have bookshelves. And uh, it's, it's tough sometimes because, you know, when there are storms, it will flood down here, but it doesn't happen very often because we live in the desert and also you have to watch out for the very black widow spiders the very poisonous black widow spiders <laughs> wait a second hold on you're talking about your living space and uh and two of the main things you need to worry about are being flooded out after a rainstorm and you have to worry about the presence the never-ending presence the uh, the omnipotent presence of black widow spiders who will look because it's a desert they actually want to get out of the heat so they go where you live doesn't that tell you something about your choice you've chosen to live where the spiders live i got news for you if if you, the two main things that are, that are terrible about your dwelling are that it floods during a heavy rainstorm and uh the the danger of black widow spiders you are a snake I'm not kidding. Watch any National Geographic special that you could possibly imagine about the desert. And they will show you that like these snakes live and they live in the ground and they tunnel underneath and they have to watch out because in the rains, their, their tunnels flood. And then when they come out to get escape the flood, there's a black widow spider waiting to bite them. You are a heroin addicted snake. Actually, you would be better off if you were a snake. Because you wouldn't have had arms to fucking tie off to shoot heroin into yourself. Yeah, well, the only thing we need to worry about is it gets floods down here, and then the, the dangerous, the extremely volatile fucking spiders who could crawl into the double bed we stole out of the dumpster, your life is over! Grab yourself by the Goodwill donated bootstraps and join the rest of us uh, among the living, above ground. Quit trying to explain away living in the in the fucking sewer as if it's a good thing. It's so crazy because again they just drop up these little facts. They're like, uh, you know, Tom we would love to get a job and come up above the surface. However, he has two outstanding warrants for drug possession charges that he had in the past. Well, 
Tom, it's time to face the fucking music. All right? You're sleeping with spiders. And I guess maybe that's preferable to getting ass raped by by a convict by because you have to go in and give your time. But uh, but is it really? Is it really? I, I don't know. I, what would you rather have in your ass? A cock or fangs? Seriously. I mean, you're already used to shooting poison in your body as it is. I guess maybe that's why you're okay down there with the fucking spiders. You've geared up so much and cooked so much in your goddamn spoon and then maybe you're immune to whatever black widows are going to shoot out of their fucking venomous fangs. I guess I guess it just matters what kind of injection you want. <laughs> Needle fangs or cock. Two of them you live underground, one of them you live above ground. I guess it's your choice. I guess I guess uh, you know what? The odds have it. Why not? Go fangs and needle. Don't you realize how poorly you've made decisions in your life? If it comes down to the hat trick of needle fangs or cock. God damn it. I'd, I'd rather be a Wookiee in Georgia than you, pal. Let me tell you that. Needle, fangs, or cock. That's not a choice anyone should ever have to make in their lives. <laughs> People live in storm drains. And, and like I said, it, it should tell you a little bit about where I'm at these days that I'm actually reading these articles and going, can I live in a storm drain? I don't know if I could. I... <laughs> I don't like spiders. Uh, and then, but, but then what's so funny to me is just you, you live in a storm drain and then there's like, there's like, they said there's almost 700 people who live down there in a community. Uh, it, it's like a video game. Like you would wander down and see those people, you know, and part of me wonders what, you know, that would be, that's the kind of shit I would do as a kid. Like I, you know, you would like get four people and wander down among there and try to steal shit and beat people up or do weirdness. You know what I mean? That would be fucking hysterical. That's cause it's good. It's like a real life video game. And what are they going to do? Throw a spider at you? Fuck them. <laughs> Granted, there's 700 of them. You don't, you don't want to. Oh man. Actually. Yeah. If I went down there to like fight them and then they, I got caught, they would put me like in a stocks and rape me. Like that's because they can't, they can't be having an active sex life down there underneath the fucking ground. Uh, who can get a hard on wondering about whether or not it's going to get bitten by a fucking spider at any moment. Why, why is my first thought to go down there and wreak havoc? I don't even know. It's like, because in my head, I'm like, would I be the king of the tunnels? Like, if I went down there and I was kind of funny? Uh, would our po- In my head, I'm like, would the po- where would we plug in the podcasting equipment if I had to move underneath into a storm drain? Where the fuck would I possibly go? Ah, uh, damn it. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I read that article. And then I read the article about this dude in Utah who lives in a cave. Uh, there's actually a book about him called The Man Who Quit Money. And uh, he's he's lived in a cave for twelve years, and he just he literally he lives in a cave in like Moab, Utah, and he goes out and scavenges cans and dumpster dives and lives that way, and and is content to do it. Uh, I, 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 why, how, how, why? Because he, he obviously again he's not getting laid. He can't be getting laid, right? Because he's not going to go to all, even if he does scavenge enough cans to make money to go to a bar. And then he goes to a bar and he's like, "Hey, young lady, uh, let me take you back to nature." Like, where the fuck is he bring her? He take. Hey, you ever get fucked in a cave? I mean, that's like the worst pickup line in history. It's very uh, well. Hold on, it's the second worst pickup line in history, other than "Hey, ever been bitten by a black widow spider while you're getting fucked in a storm drain?" I can make that happen, honey. <laughs> Uh, 
and why, why do I go to getting laid either? I mean, it's like if you live in a fucking storm drain and you're, you're shooting up heroin and dodging spiders, you're not really thinking about getting laid at that point, are you? I wouldn't think so. But aren't we all thinking about getting laid at all times? Isn't that what we're thinking about every single fucking moment of our lives? That's why I couldn't go to a cave. So the only good thing in a cave is like you'd be like, well, there's like because there's that thrill of fucking outside. I'm a fan of fucking outside. Um but it's like you got to convince the other person to come back with you to the goddamn cave. And that's, again, that's just got to be a chore. I mean, I don't care how many drinks you get into a chick at the bar to go, no, really, come back and check out my cave. She's never coming back. I mean, that you know, because, you know, he lives in the front of the cave, but, you know, he just goes to the back of the cave and throws the skulls down the, the, the bottomless pit that he discovered, right? And that's the thing is when they try to write these articles, they try to make these people sound like the ones who make sense. Oh, yeah, they decided to live in a storm drain because it's best for them. Hey, this guy gave up money, so now he lives it. It doesn't. He's eating refuse. This guy's eating like rotten vegetables. And they're like, well, we throw away so many vegetables. It's just a terrible waste in this country. Yes, fuck. I don't care. I don't want to eat the thrown away vegetables. I don't have to. I can go in and buy vegetables that are fresh. I don't need to wait out back for you to toss out the garbage, whether it's a fucking waste or not. I understand that it's bad and we should be giving it to soup kitchens, whoever the fuck. But you, you aspire not to eat the rotten vegetables, right? Shouldn't that be your whole goal in life is to not ever have to eat the rotten vegetables? We all want to eat fresh vegetables. We want to eat local and organic and fresh. Nobody wants to go out back and have, I mean, if that's the case, just eat fucking grass. I mean, seriously, that's plentiful. That's everywhere. You don't even have to wait for them to throw it out the fucking back door. Go make a fucking grass soup. Eat tree bark. (laughs) If you can eat all that bullshit, then that's fine. I don't understand the logic of it. Oh, we waste so much in this country. Yes, we do because we can afford it because we're fucking America. All right. America was founded on rotten vegetables and it's going to continue being that way. And if you want to live in a storm drain and dodge fucking spiders or you want to live in a cave and try to fuck girls with your fucking bad plantains, good for you. The rest of us will eat fucking uh, uh, apples that are fresh or you know, go find an apple tree. That's another thing, motherfucker. I understand if you're in Utah and you live in a cave and then you go, ah, I got to eat rotten vegetables. Go find. There's got to be like a vegetable patch or a fucking tree, like a wild lemon tree or some shit that you can go find. Right. I'm out here in a dude. Move to California. There's caves here. Find a cave here. <laughs> God damn it! There's got to be like, like, because uh, we have plenty of trees and shit with fruit here. Shoplift. Go shoplift. <laughs> that, that that's fine. Be an anarchist. I don't care if you want to be an anarchist. That's fine. But don't pretend that you like living in a cave and you. Because again, then they have like that stack of books. Look, dude, how many times are you gonna read the same books? Eventually, you're going to get to page 41 of a book you've read 400 times. You can look around and go, fuck, I live in a cave. Up, time to go get some rotten lettuce. What the fuck? Kill yourself. End it. End it. I don't believe in monetary gain. And I don't believe. Well, you know what? Then travel. Then go somewhere else. Be somebody. Do something. Change it. Don't just live in a fucking cave and not wash. Oh, you're filthy. I don't know why I'm casting aspersions. If he wants to live in there with no money, good for him. And he wants to eat rotten vegetables, but I just don't see the point. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm getting very close to having that happen because, you know, maybe this guy at the bed and breakfast was right. I shouldn't have bought that Vitamix because now I'm going to live in a fucking cave with just a blender. Where do I plug it in? Where the fuck do you plug a blender in? In a storm drain. Honestly. And folks, you have no idea how close I am to finding out. <laughs> oh, if it weren't so. You live in a cave. You live in a storm drain. And you, you got to imagine... You know what? If there's 700 people living in storm drains under Las Vegas, elect five of them because you've got they have a typewriter. I'm sure down there somewhere they got all sorts of other bullshit. Type out a reality pitch and make some fucking money because they were talking about how they make money down there. You know how they make money, folks? They go to the casinos and they do a thing called they uh, they credit hunt. I think was what the term they use, which means they look for drunk people who have left money in the machines. 
And they go, same guys, this guy's like, I found $500 in the machine once. And then I found uh, you know, $99 a few times. He goes, usually you'll, you just, you'll try to get $20 a night uh, because then you can eat and everything will be fine. Uh, so these people are living on $20 a night that, that drunken people live behind upstairs. But you've got a typewriter. Get of the 700 of you, elect five, the five of you who can still type, who aren't busy shooting up. The five of you who aren't busy fighting off spiders with flamethrowers. All right. While the others are holding off the, well, they're holding the spiders at bay. All right. You sit down at the typewriter and type out a reality show pitch about guys who live in a storm drain fighting spiders. How the fuck? That's a natural sell. That sells immediately. It was good enough for the Daily Mail or whoever the fuck. They wrote an article about it. Now it's just like, hey, we're heroin addicts who live underground and fight spiders. Jesus, you can at least get a video game pitch out of that, right? <laughs> Type it. Type it and come here. I will represent you. I swear to God. Meet me and I'll just cut me in for 50% of it because you guys aren't You're living on shit anyway. You know what? As a matter of fact, cut me in for all of it. I'll give you each $20 a night because that seems to be the going rate for you motherfuckers. So type out this reality pitch about 700 heroin addicts who live under Las Vegas and fight spiders with flamethrowers and then bring it to me. That's uh, bring it right to me. I'll meet my many contacts here in Hollywood and I'll pay you $20 a night every night as long as it's on the air. All right. Does that work out? Because that seems like the going right for you motherfuckers. That seems to be what you guys, you make 20 bucks a night and you're happy. You said it right in the goddamn article. So 20 bucks a night, and by the way, not $20 a night for all 700 of you. That's fucking, that's too high. I'll, just for the five, the five the five guys who typed it, and then you can divide it with the other 700, however many fucking ways you want. So do that. Get the pitch together. Bring it to me. I will meet my many contacts here in Hollywood, and I will get this on the air. And when it's on the air, I promise, $20 a night for all five of you, and you divide it among the 700, however the fuck you want to. And I think we already know the name. Needles, fangs, or cock. This is the 40-year-old boy, and coming up later, Sabrina Vitali has tawdry beach sex, then beats your dumb ass in a street race. A Kickstarter reward. Here comes Todd Rush. Dootin' doo-doo. Here comes Tom Faust, and I say, let's be friends. Do 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 do. That was a Kickstarter reward. I wasn't allowed to sing on those, so I'll do it now. I'll back tag it with a special song. Kickstarter reward. Actually, I do it this way. Kickstarter. There you go. Chewbacca under a couch. He introduces the Kickstarter reward. Ah, uh, Georgia. All right. So, folks, uh, I want to sing. I would love to sing. Wouldn't, dude, if you could sing, singing would be amazing. Like, if I could sing, I would sing everywhere. And yet you see people that go to karaoke and can sing, and you're pissed at them because you're like, dude, yeah, we get it. You can sing. But in reality, at karaoke, if somebody shows up who can really sing, let them fucking sing all night and just make it like their concert, but then they're not getting paid. I would do that. Why do you shake your head? No. If I go to a karaoke bar and someone's really good, uh, unless it's a dude, fuck a dude. But if it's a girl who can really sing, boom, let that girl sing all goddamn night and then we'll just all clap. I mean, it, it, let's turn this bullshit extravaganza where we have to listen to everybody indulge their nonsense into one woman's show. Why are you shaking your head? No. Because karaoke in and of itself is, is a soup of crazy. Fuck soup of crazy. Well, Done. Perfect. Yes, that's what it should be. 
This is how I think it should be. I, I demand it. I, I say, if you go to karaoke and someone's good, like really good, a woman, not a man, fuck a dude. But if there's a woman who can really sing, then guess what? She gets to do all the songs the rest of the night and you guys can just drink and clap. That's it. All karaoke should be at, at, at any moment, at a moment's notice, all karaoke should turn into a concert at any moment. If someone's good enough who walks in, who can do it. If they're willing to give up their night and not get paid and just show off their talent and just get kudos, boom, they should be able to clean up and do the whole fucking thing. Because if I could sing, man, I would sing fucking everywhere. I'd be in Home Depot asking for where are the boards? I mean, I'd just be like an asshole. Do they have boards at Home Depot? I think they do, right? That they What do they call it? Lumber? I don't know. Uh, where is the lumber? I would do. I would sing like a jackass. I would sing everything. I would sing directions. I would sing my phone message. If I could sing, I would sing like a motherfucker. And you'd be hate. You'd hate me because again, like I said, fuck a dude. But still, it wouldn't matter. I would sing in a grocery store. I wouldn't. It's like if I had a big cock. If I had a big cock, I wouldn't wear pants ever, ever. Are you shitting me? If I had a huge ho- a fucking hog, I would just I would wear like tight shorts, and it, there would always be the the possibility of it peeking out the bottom of the shorts. I mean, I'd and I'd and I'd be proud of it. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. What if I could sing and I had a big cock? You would hate me. Holy shit! <laughs> God damn it, a hung guy who can sing—that's got to be your worst nightmare. Because he wanders into karaoke, takes over the joint, and everybody's like, wow, look at that hog. I mean, duh. Well, I actually, well, fuck a dude. I don't care if he's hung or whatever. All right, so. Uh, but that's just the rules, man. If that's the way it is, you know, I, if someone's good at care, a woman is good at singing, she gets to take over a whole karaoke night. If you got a big cock, you don't have to wear pants. Don, these are I, I'm I'm making these laws, folks, based on the things that I would do. If I could sing, I would sing anywhere. If I had a big cock, I wouldn't wear pants. Done. It's like I, that's the rules. It's like all right. Here's another rule: If you're a massage therapist, you have to give hand jobs. That's it. That's your job. You can't file a lawsuit because somebody wanted a hand job because guess what? You're rubbing a naked person. You're very close to giving them a hand job. So you can't really be upset when they look at you and go, hey, how about a hand job? Because that's kind of what you're doing anyway. You're giving them a hand job, just not in the one area they want. You're, you're, you've given them a full body hand job. If you're a massage person, you have just given you. That's what you do. You give full body hand jobs. But you just don't give the release. So when the person says, hey, can I get a release? You can't run to a lawyer and sue that person. That person made Welcome Back Connor. You can't sue that guy. You can't, you can't be upset because he thought, because you know what? If anything, that's a compliment to the chef. That's like a compliment to you because it's a, you're doing such an amazing job. Your full body hand job was so amazing. They were like, you know what? Why don't you concentrate it right in this area here? How about it? There's towels around. You're not going to get any on you. I mean, I'll tell you where to point it so it doesn't get on you at all. I mean, it's it, they're being courteous. They're working out for you. They're taking it. Uh, they're taking the initiative. Oh my God. You're already giving full body hand jobs. What's wrong with the release? Why not? <laughs> Especially if they say point it away or you, know, you got to make sure they're in the moment. I will tell you that if the person that requests release then does not tell you when release is occurring and then it gets on you, call the lawyer. All right, go ahead and call the lawyer at that point. But if just the mere suggestion of, hey, give me a hand job, I, I don't I think you're out of I think you're out of line, quite frankly. <laughs> I think because you know what that mer- that person requesting it made the movie Phenomenon. Did you see Phenomenon? It's a fucking brilliant movie. It's a genius movie. I actually watched Phenomenon, and I, in my head, I was like, "That's me." Like, I know that sounds stupid and weird, but it's like because I I get that look from people all the time where they're just like, "What the hell, that guy?" You know, that with the <laughs> who's that guy with the big dick singing karaoke? And I don't get that look ever. That's a look I would. Oh my god, I would pay every dime I ever make the rest of my life. I would pay for that look. Just to get that look from people like, who's the big dick guy who sings karaoke? Ah, that's me. Don't, don't you just wish that you, some things you just want to raise your hand to. Some things you wish you could just raise your hand and go, yep, guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm the guy with the big cock who sings great. God damn it. Why can't you be that guy? And I recognize some of those guys are out there and fuck a dude. I know, get that. I don't care. 
But if some guy, if you're giving an, you're already giving a full body hand job, there's no reason for you to run to a lawyer when the person says, hey, why don't you put a finger in my ass? Quite frankly, it just shows it's a compliment. It's compliments to the chef. It's like if you went and had a meal and you ate it and you're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Please tell the chef I thought this was fantastic. Well, if you give a full body hand job and the guy's like, dude, put a finger in my ass. And he's like, you're like, what? And he's like, well, you're so good on the outside of my body. I can only imagine the wonders you could pull on the inside of my body. And all it is is a compliment to you and your abilities and your skills as an overall hand job giver, a full body hand job giver. That's what you are as a massage person, right? You get it. <laughs> Tell me, you got, let's put it this way you chose a profession where you can rub naked people. That says it all as far as I'm concerned. Because what else are you, what are you doing? What are you, I, as a kinesiologist or a fucking, I don't know what the reflexologist, whatever the hell you're, I don't know what you describe yourself as, masseur, masseuse, you're a full body hand job giver. That's it. That's it and done. Whether you're in a fancy spa or in a fucking Taiwanese hovel, you do the same fucking thing. And there's nothing wrong with getting a little out of you. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, that noise, that's Chewbacca trapped in a storm drain. I don't know if you know that. That's We've heard Chewbacca trapped under a couch in Georgia. If Chewbacca was trapped in a storm drain avoiding black widow spiders, that's him trying to tunnel out through the inch and a half of filthy fucking water that's under your stolen bed. You fucking junkie. Get a job. God damn it. I'm so close to joining them. That's the thing you people don't understand. I'm so close to living in a storm drain. I would be the king of the fucking storm drain. I'm hilarious. If only I could sing. If I showed up with my big cock singing in the middle of the storm drain, I'd be handled as a hero. That'd be number, I'd be number 701. Certainly there's 700 people down there already making away. But if I show up big cock and fucking great singing voice, everybody's like, this guy's our king. God damn it. I don't get it. You already rub naked people. That was your choice. That was your career choice. You went to school and they said, what do you want to do? You said, I want to rub naked people all over their bodies. Nobody, because what's your, what's your desired goal? What's your end game? To get knots out of shoulders? Nobody wants to do that. Nobody grows up going, oh, I can't wait to get a knot out of somebody's shoulder. Fuck that. You fell into that because you are very close to jerking people off and you know it. Please. That's your job. It's like you're not even, when you went in, it, it, it should, you should have a degree in cockteasery. That's what you have. Fuck reflexology or kinesiology. You have a, a, a cocktezology. That's what you are. You're a cocktezologist. <laughs> and you can't run to a lawyer because someone's wanted you to jerk them off. Because I don't know if you're aware of this. That guy was in Pulp Fiction. All right. That guy was in Pulp fucking Fiction. You can't sue him just because he wants you to touch his anus. <laughs> as it said in the lawsuit, which made me laugh. And my favorite thing is they're like, uh, they, they said that uh, he, Travolta got up and lumbered toward him with his erect penis going from side to side. And I'm like, uh, you're not supposed to do that at the massage place? Because I got to tell you, every massage I've ever had, I wound up lumbering around with my erect penis going from side to side. I don't know if that's something I'm supposed to be avoiding or, I mean, I guess if I was coming at somebody, that would be a different story. I'm usually going to get my pants and get the fuck out of there. But I mean... You guys, I guess you're, you're feeling a little trapped as, as uh, you know, the guy from uh, Michael spread his angel wings and his legs and said, please touch my anus. I mean, I guess I can see where you think that would be some sort of uh, illicit request, but I'm sorry. Put yourself on the other end of your healing hands. If you were laying there getting all relaxed and then you got a heart on and it's like, well, this guy's good with his hands and he likes touching my ass. Flip it over. Boom. That's just my front ass. Go to work. I need a little work done on my front ass. And I'll tell you where to point it so you don't get any on you. But even if you do get it on you, again, sheets, towels, you're already covered in oil. What the fuck? Honestly, that was your career choice. You chose to be covered in oil and rub a naked dude. You can't file a lawsuit. That guy was in The Punisher. 
Ugh. And maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I like John Travolta and maybe I don't think that you should go ahead and go after him because he's John Travolta for fuck's sake. I mean, it, again, there, there's some things you do. If you if you can sing, you should be able to sing anywhere you want. If you've got a big cock, you don't have to wear pants. If you're John Travolta, everybody should have to jerk you off. That's it. <laughs> That's a story you tell. I don't know what your end game is. Are you trying to get some money out of him or are you going to sue Scientology at the end of it? I mean, and, and Albert, actually, Albert Brooks made me laugh because yesterday everybody else is like, Travolta, ha, gay, whatever the fuck. And Albert Brooks just typed his on Twitter. He just wrote, you'd think Scientology had their own spa, which is fucking gorgeous and understated and perfect. And, and, and when you get to it, yes, he's absolutely right. Why do they not? It's Scientology. How much money do they fucking have? They should have a hand job room. I've been in the Scientology building because they want you to go ahead and they go through all the. I, I I told you I took the personality test and all that bullshit. And when it looked like they were losing me, they had the hot chick come in to try to close me. So would she have jerked me off? Quite frankly, if I'd have gone for it, because I mean it seems to be that's the mo with those people. Why not? So if she's gonna jerk me off, why didn't she jerk Travolta off? And I granted Travolta, and uh, and it's funny because there's like, and now this is all right. Two people filed lawsuits this week, but there are dozens of stories about Travolta. I, I mean, John, <laughs> get a, get a concubine or a boyfriend or, I mean, you know, uh, buy Neverland, you know what? Just buy Neverland, but just invite massage guys. I mean, it's like avoid kids and just buy Neverland and invite massage guys. And they'll go on the Ferris wheel and you'll feed them popcorn. And then it'll be just like an eight handed jerk off four at a time. Keep it on the QT. Keep it on, Keep it quiet, Barbarino. Honestly. <laughs> Just have never landed a bunch of massage dudes there because then they know what they're in for. They know that when you strike that pose, they grab your rubber hose. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, God damn it. I, I, uh, look, maybe I'm on the wrong side of this. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But I just feel that you've already made a life choice that you're going to rub naked guys when a famous one of them comes in and says, jerk me off. That's your obligation. <laughs> if you don't like it, there's plenty of room in the storm drain. Just pack up your... I'm sure they need one of you down there. <laughs> they've got 700 of them fighting a war against the spiders. I'm sure they get a crick in their neck every once in a while. Go down there and massage some heroin addicts if you want to go ahead and live your life as a professional. Fuck that. Sometimes a cock just needs to be jerked off when you're in your line of work. It just has to happen. All right. Uh, it has to happen in all lines of work, by the way. You think I like it when it happens to me? No. But when I, I'm, I work as a security guard in a quiet, dark place, and sometimes people show up and they're like, hey, you got to do this. I got to do it to keep the building safe. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes, I like John Travolta. Back off. I don't need you to, to be mad at me. I just, I just love the wording of it. And, and again, th here's the thing. If you said John Travolta approached you and whatever the fuck and you're in your lawsuit, that's fine. But then they, they always embellish with like these crazy things that, that can't be true. But even, even if they are true, they make no sense and they ruin your lawsuit because they sound untrue. It's like, all right, I can actually believe that John Travolta came in and then whipped it out and said, hey, jerk me off. And you were like, no, I, pray tell. And you got the vapors and you almost fainted. That's fine. Good for you. Even though you used to see a naked cock all day long, that's your job. But that's fine. 
Uh, but you act that Travolta's one illicit request. I'm sure that's the first illicit request you've ever gotten. As you learn, I'm sure you learned you were on Sunnybrook Farm, you and Rebecca, and you were learning massage in the barn on the animals. And then your parents were like, well, don't go to the big city. You don't know what kind of hand jobs are lurking. And you're just like, oh, ma, it'll be just as easy as it was here on the farm. And then you make your way to the big city and you get a job at a fancy French spa and you massaged a million people and nothing bad ever happened until evil John Travolta came in and forced you to look at his cock. All right, fine. Maybe that happened. I can almost believe that. But then in the in the actual lawsuit, the guy said that Travolta started yelling at him about Hollywood Jews and Jews ran Hollywood and they forced him to have gay sex and that this guy would learn to like it like this weird the, the paranoid delusional ravings of a guy who stares at cocks all day. Quite frankly, that's what it sounded like to me. Uh, so it just invalidated his complete lawsuit because although when you go this way, maybe it was a brilliant idea by Travolta. Maybe Travolta actually started screaming about Hollywood Jews who made him gay. And then this guy should be gay as well. And he, and then he's also screaming at the guy. Like, uh, they said that the guy said that Travolta said he wasn't even gay when it started, but then he started having sex and he, the, he made millions of dollars. And so he was, he learned to be cool with it. Um, but, but is that threat implicit with telling the massage guy eventually he's going to make millions of dollars by doing this? <laughs> Jerk me off. Eventually it will lead to a million dollar empire where you'll own your own jet. That's basically what he's saying. And not only will you own your own jet, you'll have your own jet. You'll have a kid named Jet and a jet. You will be so, if you jerk me off now, eventually you'll marry Kelly Preston and you won't want anything to do with her. <laughs> All right. Uh, so <laughs> the fuck was I talking about? I swear to, there was something I was talking about earlier and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Once we started fighting spiders, I lost my mind. What was it? Do you know? Brody. Way at the beginning. Brody. We were Brody Stevens. Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, and, then, and then we started talking about. Well, I covered Brody though. Brody. I think I covered it. No, you never been. Okay. Or why you were even talking. Right yeah, that's true. Where I met him. All right. So all right, here's the thing. Uh, so Brody's been doing these things with Neil Hamburger. Oh, that's what it was. Neil Hamburger. I was going to talk about that. All right, folks. This is the perils of not having a, fir- a friend here to talk to. This is me just talking. And eventually, you know, sometimes you're talking about talking to your friend Brody. And eventually you start talking about jerking off John Travolta. It just gets there. And in the interval, you fight spiders with flamethrowers. That's how it works on this show. You know it and I know it. Jump on board. Saddle up that spider and ride with me into the storm drains. We're clearing them out. Maybe that's what I do. I, you know what? I, maybe I become the king of spiders. If I can control the spiders, I can control the storm drains. And then I'll control the earth. <laughs> I lead the spiders in their war against the junkies. Meanwhile, up above, the 1% looks down from their Eiffel Towers. And they stare at the rest of the, the 99% of us fighting spiders with flamethrowers and shooting heroin underground. And then telling the paper it's great. <laughs> I love the rationalization. It's my favorite part. All right, so. No, it's not bad down here. It's okay. Other than the venomous spiders in the inch and a half of feces-filled water we have to trot through to get to our makeshift shower. You know what's the, And that's funny. Spiders and feces-filled water and everything. You know what, you know what I fear most underneath? Conversation with the other 699 people who live in a storm drain. Jesus Christ. If you're willing to look on the bright side of life for, from that, I don't want to talk to you. If you're, if you're, look, there's 700 of you. You can be a hive mind for change. If you just get together and go, hey, why don't we get the fuck out of this storm drain and avoid the spiders? Is heroin that b- much of a fucking lure to keep you down there? 
If so, you know what? All of you share a fucking needle and die. That's a grim note, probably, as I rooted. I was earlier. Well, actually, I was going to charge in there as the king of the spiders and take them over. So what the fuck do I care if they die? I hope they do die so I can slip in there and steal their beds. Their fancy beds. All right. Uh, there was something there. What was I talking about? Brody and Neil. Brody and Neil. Uh, so I was talking to Brody. I saw Brody at, uh, at Jimmy Pardo's pilot taping, um, which was Thursday, I think, last week. <laughs> and uh, I, I saw Brody there, and he was working warm up. I didn't get to talk to him uh, beforehand, but I talked to him after. By the way, and uh, Pardo's pilot was great. It was so good, and it's so funny. I'll tell you this: it um, it actually reinforced why I'm why I don't do stand up anymore. Why I I because I, uh, I do the one man, and when I do that, I do it, it. It goes very well. People are very nice, and they allow me to be indulgent and do the things that I want to do. But uh. Watching Pardo's show, man, he it's a show where he has comedians come on and they actually perform like little five minute sets and then writers write about them and it, blah, blah, blah. But uh, when I saw the guys do comedy on the fucking show, I, in my head I went, I can't, I could never, I can't ever go back to comedy. Like it was this weird, I've already talked myself out of doing it anyway. Do it? I don't do it really. At I do. The open. Uh, what? I do what at the open? Not really. I talk about what I did on the plane. I mean, that's not the same thing. I mean, it's 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 indulgent because it's not tightened and honed. If I went up on stage at that show and did did what I wanted to do, I mean, it's five minutes. I mean, fuck. What the fuck do I do in five minutes? I couldn't. Even, I, we're still trying to get to Brody for fuck's sake. I talked about Brody what an hour ago, and now we're still digging around looking for Brody. Uh, so th- that's what I'm saying. It's like I I I love this. This is my niche, and I love doing it. But it's so antithetical to what stand up is or could be. Um. Because here's the, you know, the, the difference is, uh, it's the difference between a guy who can handle himself in a scrap and a professional fighter. That's what it is. Because you know what? If I show up and if I'm in a fight, I could hurt somebody pretty bad if I, if I landed. That's the thing. I would, I would square up and if I was able to land a shot on someone, I could probably hurt them. Because I got a big fucking, you know, big hand and I mean, I, I can generate some, I'm a big guy. But I would just, in the meantime, just be flailing in the dark as this guy picked me apart with jabs and dominated me because he's a professional. I watched professional comedians at that taping, and I realized just how far I am from being a professional comedian again. Because uh, I was one for the longest time. I worked stand-up. I worked the road. I did those things. And it's a skill you need to keep doing in order to be good at it. And so that's why I keep telling myself, boy, I need to go do stand-up again. But then I see those guys, and they are so far ahead of me. I mean, it's just it, – there was a guy – Pete Holmes went up. We all know Pete Holmes. Um I've met Pete once. He wouldn't, he wouldn't know me if he saw me. But uh, on Jimmy's show, he was fucking hysterical. He was so good. Uh, and then Shane Moss went on after him, and he was great. And then the second taping, uh, as good as Pete and Shane were, okay, the second taping was uh, a guy named Julian McCullough, who I don't know. I don't know Julian. Never met him. Never seen him. I've heard the name. Don't know anything about him. He goes up, and, uh, and he was staggeringly good i mean like it was he was so funny and quick and sharp and then they do this thing because there's a at the end the the writers have to write jokes about your set and then you kind of roast one another back and forth and julian was he was the funniest guy on the stage uh i I mean he just he was he was jumping all over their bits and coming up with his own bits because his stand-up was great but then when, when he sat down for the banter part god damn was he funny and even worse he's really good looking so you're like, oh, so you know who he is? He's fucking great singer, big dick guy. That's who he is. 
because he's really good looking and extremely funny and good at what he does. And you're just like, oh, no, that's that's not fair. That's not fair at all. Go live in a storm drain. Make it fucking. You know, what? that's what I should do. I should go and be the king of the people in the storm drain and just have them do my bidding and kidnap like good looking people who are great at stuff. So eventually it gets down to where I could wander in and my mediocrity could actually stand out. I need to kidnap and take care of all of the really good comedians. So eventually they'll just look at me and go, well, you're left and I'll go, fine, let's do this. And then I'll change the paradigm of stand-up comedy because right now it's all clean jokes and well-written punchlines and some callbacks and really sharp writing. And instead, why don't you just get me who will talk for two hours until he finds a funny thing and never complete a thought. Literally, let's, let's just hire fucking ADD and jeans. So, uh, so Julian McCullough was just fantastic, and I, and I was and I, uh, we went. I was sitting with Pat and Chip, and Karen was there too. We brought Karen, and and she was just like, "This guy's funny," and I'm like, "Yeah, he is," you know. And 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 it's that paying. There's a great line in Mad Men this week, um, and it, it was so funny. I related to it. Don Draper's wife Megan. I'm not spoiling anything. Well, yes, I am. I am spoiling something. If you didn't see Mad Men this week, stop listening. Uh, Don Don Draper's wife Megan. She wants to do something else. And so she comes to him to tell him. And she said, uh, I, see, I have to tell you what she did. Spoiler alert. Uh, she wants to be an actress. And she stopped being an actress to work with Don at, uh, at the, the firm. But now she's decided she wants to be an actress again. And she tells Don, you know, the thing is, I don't even want to go to the theater anymore. Because all I feel, instead of feeling good for my friends, is I feel envy. And I know that after envy will become bitterness. And, and I, I heard that line and I got chills because that's exactly how I feel about comedy clubs because I, I missed it. I've said it many times. I missed the boat on it. I, I stopped working it and I never got anywhere with it uh, and not where I thought I should have been. And so when I go to clubs and I, I see people, I can't even laugh. Like I want to laugh and enjoy it. And I want to have fun. But part of me, always the wheels are turning that I should be doing this. I should be fucking doing this. And my anger and rage at myself comes out while I'm sitting there. So at Pardo's Pilot... It was great. I'm happy for Jimmy and I'm happy for all the people that are involved and my friends Matt and Boris created it and you're, you're always excited for them but at that same time and you're, you've got that faraway voice in your head that says you should be doing this. Uh, not, 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 not their show but I mean I should be doing a show because I remember when I was working on like Starface or on, on Funniest Pets and People and you would be well, you know on Starface especially you'd be on the set and you'd see your jokes come to life as you know granted Danny Bonaducci stomped all over them but still they came out and, uh, and then you saw your trivia questions, things like, and you, we were hanging out at craft service and you're kind of, you, you got to go with the script backstage. It was just, it was life and it was vibrant. It's what I want to do. Um, but I've missed it. I can't do it. Nobody knows the fuck I am. I completely, I've, I've burrowed into a stripper's kitchen and this is where all my funny lives. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I wish it wasn't true. I uh, periodically, I will pack up a trunk, a steamer trunk of funny and I'll take it to a city and you folks will watch me and be kind enough to let me unpack it all over your stage for three hours. And then I'll pack it back into my steamer trunk and hop back on the plane and come back on Saturday night and shovel fucking garbage. So, uh, and that's my fault. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, but, but it doesn't change the fact that when I go to a comedy club and I want to start doing standup and then I sit there and they don't know who I am. That's the things I have to re-audition for people. They don't know that I'm good at it or if I was ever good at it. Cause that's the thing I am. I am. And I was, but not like these guys after fucking Julian McCullough went up, Tommy Jonigan went on. Tommy Jonigan's done Letterman like four times. And I remember watching him on Letterman. And I'm like, that guy's funny. Uh, I was, you know, I liked him. He was very Midwest and very funny. Uh, seeing him live for five minutes made me realize I'm not even I'm not even the same fucking stratosphere as that guy as a comedian. I mean, he just 
he was crushing and I don't think he breathed the entire five minutes and just hammered everybody with funny and Karen could not stop laughing. She would laugh over and over at everything he said. And she looked at me, she said, this guy is hysterical. And I'm like, he is, he's, I can't, you're helpless in the face of greatness. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And just, and also when you want to be that and you watch it unfold in front of you and you realize that you can't be that. You're like, oh my, f-. but but I could. That's the thing is I could and I have and I've been funny on stage and I've been, I, but could I be funny in four minutes and pack a punch like he did? I don't know. I have no idea. But at the same time, do I want to do that? Do I want to be funny in four fucking minutes? I have no idea if I do or I don't because part of me is like, well, why can't I be the guy who goes out and does three hours and makes people laugh? Well, because nobody wants to fucking see that, idiot. That's why. <laughs> We've talked about this many times in your, I'm sorry I opened the trap door on my fucking head. Um, but watching the pilot really drove home how far away I am from getting back into comedy. Like, I keep saying it like, well, I got to start doing stand-up again. Like, I can just go and start doing clubs and open mics again. Well, no, there's, there's an entire generation of comedians ahead of me who've passed me. And, uh, and rightfully so. They've worked at it and they're good. So I don't think I could fucking hold a candle to those guys. And and what I need to do is start honing it and start sharpening it and make it funny and make it work because I can do it and I did it in the past. Uh, and I got to try to find a way to marry what I do on here and telling stories about me and my life with what I do regarding like topical stuff. That's what I used to do on stage before. But is that even funny because it doesn't interest me anymore? It's like there's even parts of the one man that I, I find don't ring true. They ring hollow in my head and they're in there and I haven't taken them out yet, but I still do them. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't do them because they don't really relate to who I was, who I am now. They were they were true when I wrote them. Certainly when I wrote the show two years ago, these things made sense. But now I think I've passed these thresholds and I don't need them in there anymore. But taking them out would be, you know, that'd just be work, folks. I'd have to do. (laughs) That means if I took them out, I'd have to replace them with something. But you know what's funny? I would not have to replace them with anything. It would just mean a three hour show was a two hour and 53 minute show. What the fuck? (laughs) Take seven minutes out, dipshit. But I can't. Why? But why would I do that? All of my stuff is gold and you all need to see it at all times. I need it. I'm carrot top. All right. I'm carrot top. I wheel my big fucking thing of props on stage and I'm not done till that fucking trunk is empty and I can walk the fuck off. That's who I am. But it's my life in that trunk. I unpack all of it until it's all fucking exhausted. And you are just sitting there covered in my life. It's as if it's like I came in. You know what the one man show is? I came in for a massage, folks. I came in for a massage and I lay down on stage naked and all of you just rub your hands all over me until eventually you're covered in my life. And I warn you, and you should be happy for it. And you guys are happy. You actually pay for the privilege. A masseur, he gets paid and he gets pissed off because he's got to jerk a guy off. Fuck that. You're making money. The people who come to my show, they pay for the privilege to come in and rub all over me and just get my life shot all over them. And they just sit there and marinate in my life for three hours. And then eventually I leave. And then I come back home and Saturday night, I shovel garbage. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but, but I mean, watching those guys do comedy, it really drove home just how fucking far I am from being a comedian, not, not a comedian from being them. Uh, and do I want to be them? No, but you know what I mean? I want to go back on stage. I want to be funny in short bursts and, and, uh, I, I, I want to make money at this. I want to be, I want to make a living out of it. I, I, I how, cause I want good news. I want to bring you guys good news. I've talked about this before. How great is it going to be when I come here one time and tell you that I actually have a cool job doing something great. It's like when I got the audition for life and times of Tim, right? I just got hired for it. It was just great to tell you. I did a voiceover for an HBO show out of the blue. It was fucking cool. Um, because it's funny, I used to tell you guys, if you guys would bought year one or year two or year three, you'd hear audition stories. Like I would go and audition for a TV show or a commercial. When was the last time I told you one of those? 
because I don't go anymore. I mean, my agents are, it's a ghost town over there. And I mean, I don't, I wanted to get new agents. And I told you, I sent stuff to like 30 different agencies and I didn't hear back. And it's just, it's just, everything is, I'm sitting still and everything else is still moving. And I'm, I'm trying desperately to get on the fucking train again, which I will, I think, <laughs> who knows? Um, but when I went to the pilot the other night, it was great because I got to be in a comedic atmosphere. It wasn't great because there was that pang of jealousy and envy and bittersweet in my stomach. I won't lie. I mean, I was really excited and happy for my friends, but at the same time you, in your brain, you're like, I, I can do this. Why can't I do this? Um, and it's because I can't get out of my own way enough to do it. And also people don't know who the fuck I am and I don't go out enough. And I just, I, I, I again, I refuse to take my funny out of the stripper's kitchen. So, um, there was something else about Pardo's pilot. You were talking with Brody. Brody. <laughs> okay. That's right. Um, my friend Brody was there. Brody Stevens. We talked about him earlier in the show. Go ahead and rewind it. Uh, you might find his name. Uh, idiot. And so Brody was there doing warm up and I talked to him afterwards and uh, I swear to God, I've talked about this. I, I, did I say this or not? <laughs> you don't think so. That's funny. I don't think so either. Um, no, I think so, but who cares if I'm repeating myself? What the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. Again, uh, this is what you got yourselves into folks. This is, this explains more about why I'm not on stage. Cause I can't do a fucking stand up for any length of time without repeating a story. And then everybody's like, what the fuck? Did you just say this? I think I did. Maybe. I don't know. What was I talking about? That's another thing. People frown on when you do live stand up. What was I talking about? What was that? Where are we at? I can't bring Lily to every gig. <laughs> Although that actually, that would actually be a really funny gimmick. If you came with me and dressed like a hot secretary with like total heels and you came up on stage with me with just like glasses and big tits and fucking and your legs crossed and pretended to take dictation the entire time with your and just sat there, you know, kicking with your shoe hanging off your foot. Oh, sexy. And just and I'll just do stand up and we'll never acknowledge you. And then finally, when I finally run into a wall, at like the 25, what the fuck was I talking about? And you just go, you like flip through the pages and you go, Brody. And I go, oh, yeah, Brody. And, let, and that, it will pay off huge. I'm telling you, that would actually get a huge, huge laugh. That would pay off monstrous. If you, if you never, if you just came out and sat there the entire time and went, never acknowledged you, nobody knew what the fuck was going on, they were waiting, and I did 25 minutes of stand-up? Oh, how fucking great is that idea? You're just like hot and dressed up in a, like a man's white dress shirt and a black skirt with black hose? I haven't thought about this much! <laughs> wow. This sounds like something I've been thinking about a long fucking time. But it's not, I swear, I just thought of it now. Uh, but yeah, man, if you had like a man's white dress shirt on and like a black skirt and black uh, hose and then like your heels and one heel hanging off your foot and you're just like t taking dictation and you're fucking and your hair and pin curls and fucking glasses. Oh, God damn it. All right. And uh, and even though you can't come to every town, perhaps in every town I could put an ad in Craigslist and find an actress to play your part. <laughs> must must have 44 D. 26, 36, and must be willing to sit there and not say a word for 20 minutes. And I, I must actually be able to take dictation. I'm sure you can find those in every city. All right. Uh, so you were talking to Brody. Talking about Brody. <laughs> you should flip the pages. <laughs> Uh, so I'm talking to Brody. He's, he was there doing warm up, And then afterwards I went up to him and I'm like, Hey dude. And, uh, I asked how he was cause he's been, he's been in Austin. I, cause I wanted, I'm curious to hear how other people are doing it when they go on the road. Cause I do the thing where I book the theater, I fly, I do everything myself. So, uh, I knew he'd been doing some on the road gigs with Neil Hamburger and he'd been going to see, he was in Seattle at Chop Suey. Uh, he's going to Wichita. He's going to Austin. Uh, and he was in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And I'm like, how'd that go? He goes, good. And I said, well, your tweets made it sound like you were in a bunch of different shows. He goes, yeah. And he was in Portland, too. Um, 
And they used him in like a lot of different shows because Brody's a guy you can just plug in. I mean, he's just going to be funny no matter. It could be a hipster show or a regular comedy show. Brody's going to go in and just fucking crush it. So, uh, so he's like, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, well, you know, I'm looking at getting a podcast going and doing uh, this. And I said, oh, uh, I said, you know, you had a podcast, right? He goes, yeah. Uh, and he goes, I, I, I need to change it. I need to do something different. Because he had gotten a lot of hate, I guess, from the community, the podcast community. Not, not the podcast community, from people who listened, all right? Not the podcast community. Yes, it was <laughs> Kevin Smith showed up at Brody's house. Brody, stop doing that podcast immediately. Snoochie boochie. And they ran away. Uh <laughs> Because uh, Jay and Silent Bob tell you not to do a podcast. That's actually that's actually a new podcast right now on the Kevin Smith Network. Jay and Silent Bob tell you not to do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny because I told Brody, I go, I listened to your first, because I did, I listened to his first podcast, and it was over two hours, and literally he would get up from the microphone and walk away and still talk. And he had two other guys on microphone, but then he would walk around the studio and just be talking about stuff, and, and you couldn't hear him, and he would wander off, and it was just it was just an odd melange. I mean, it was just like a weird thing. And I even said to him, I go, yeah, I, I did hear it. And he started laughing, and he goes, yeah, it was, he goes, I misjudged it. He goes, because I thought it was going to be something different, you know, and I, I, I didn't realize the audio aspect, because I guess there was also video, and he played to that more than the audio. Uh, but now he's looking at doing another podcast. And I was like, well, that's great. And he's like, uh, you ever do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, Brody, I've, uh, I've actually been doing one for, I'm in the fifth year of my podcast now. <laughs> He's like, wow, seriously? I said, well, I've been doing it six years. I said, I did a year with Jimmy on uh, Never Not Funny, and then I, I actually started my own show a year later. And he's like, wow, how's that going? And I said, oh, it's going good. I said, I, you know, I book myself on the road, and I do a lot of, uh, um, oh, wait, you know, I want to talk about Neil Hamburger. Oh no, because there's there's a there's a point to this. I apologize. Hold on. Uh, so, because uh, I asked Brody, because Brody's on the road with Neil Hamburger and he's doing stuff. And if you don't know who Neil Hamburger is, he is a guy who uh, he purposely bombs. I think I was telling you this earlier, and uh, and I don't get it all the time. I'll be truly honest with you. I mean, I'll watch it, and it, but the thing is, of course. Uh, the crowd loves it. Like they go crazy. Woohoo! Yay! He's so funny because he's not funny at all. And it's like, because that's what he's trying to do. And I guess if you're into it, that's fine. But once it goes past like 10 minutes, you're going, Oh, I, for me again, I'm, I'm an idiot. All right. Maybe I don't get it. But, uh, because I will tell you this, the first time I ever discovered Neil Hamburger was I was on the road. With my friend, Mike Toomey back in Chicago. I may have said this before we were at a fucking Goodwill store and we found a tape a comedian named Neil Hamburger. We're like, what the fuck is this? So we bought it and we put it in the car in the tape deck and it was him live at a day's Inn somewhere in like Fresno. And this is when he would do shows in front of real crowds and bomb on purpose and tape them. And we're listening to it and we, we were fucking dying at how funny it was because because he kept doing this, that's my life. Like he kept doing this weird thing. And it's funny because now I see him and he does that. He coughs all the time i don't remember him coughing so much in the cassette tape because now it drives me crazy when he coughs i'm just like oh and also i will tell you this hearing him on the tape was completely different because it was just hearing him bomb and bombing and we knew he was bombing purposely and we could not stop laughing in the car at how great it was but then when you see him live and you see him in the tux and he's purposely uglied himself up to in, in such to such a degree where his hair's all pasted down with like pomade and he's got those thick glasses and he's like oh, and he coughs up phlegm and i'm like i i can't be in the room i can't even be in the fucking room and again that says more about me than it does about him because he's crushing people love him and he's a genius and that's great i i can't handle it i because i keep he's coughing and i'm looking at him and it's just it's too weird for me like i can't i can't look past it because he never betrays the fact that he's that he, there's no wink. All right. There's no wink in Neil Hamburger. 
He's just going to keep being unfunny for the entire set until he's done, and then he's going to walk off. There's no, there's no, all right, everybody, and, he, and there's no Clark Kent moment where he just takes off the glasses and it's like, hi, I'm super comic. No, no, he's Clark Kent all the way through the fucking thing, and you're uncomfortable as fuck, and then he walks off, and that's the point. I get it. I get that that's the point. It's just that my stomach can't take it. <laughs> It was better in the car when I could hear him and just be like, this is hysterical, than to be in the room live when it's happening. And I will tell you this, uh, that this is weird. I know this is going to sound strange. If I could see Neil in a room of people who had no idea who the fuck he was, I'll bet I would love it. I'll bet I would fucking love it. But unfortunately, whenever I saw him, I've seen him twice here, and it's in a room full of people who are conditioned to love Neil Hamburger and his shtick. So the, his anti-comedy of trying not to be funny is almost being ruined by a hipster crowd who want to prove how much they're into it and how much they get it, so they overlaugh at everything he fucking does. And again, that's only two times that I've seen him. All right, I, I can't, I can't speak to other performances, and I'm not, I'm certainly not uh, denigrating what he does. What he does is so hard and amazing to do. But it's just, uh, I guess maybe it's more to me about the people who are trying to prove how much they love it and how much they get it, so they laugh their asses off at it. When in reality, that's kind of not what it is i don't know i'm an idiot why am i talking about this um so i talked to brody this was nothing this is just an anecdote i don't even know why we even came back to it uh when i told brody i do the podcast and i go on the road and he's just like what and he he told me he says uh he's doing these sets on the road and he said he uh he goes yeah i do them and they're like you know 30 minutes and he goes i'm doing he said he's doing wichita i think in june and he's like he goes i'm gonna start headlining clubs and I'm, i go that's awesome dude And he's like yeah i'm trying to get my hour set together and uh because he, he can do you know he can do whatever he asks probably uh normal time like normal people comedy time <laughs> if you said to him do an hour he could do an hour but he's putting it together he wants to have, but he wants to have a strong hour you know what i mean because uh fuck i mean i can i can do an hour i can talk to you guys for an hour but is it necessarily a strong hour that's for you to decide <laughs> uh but brody's like i'm putting together a strong hour and getting my club work and getting that squared away and i go oh good he goes when you do these shows so the, like people come you sell tickets i go yeah and he goes well how many i go i go you know what if i can sell 50 tickets a city i feel comfortable about it um, but I, I try to find the cities that are going to support me. And I, I go, I've, I've lost money in some cities and in some cities I've made more money. I said, I did a Kickstarter and he's like, what's that? And I explained it to him where you guys were nice enough to donate some cash. And I put four cities down and I was able to come to town with the shirts and everything. He's like, that's amazing. And I said, yeah, it's, it's really kind of cool. And he goes, well, how long's your show? I said, well, it varies. It's, it's kind of, it's weird. I go, you're going to, you're going to think it's stupid. And he's like, what? And I go, it's, uh, I go, well, you know, I was just in Cleveland last week and it was, uh, it was three hours on the nose. And Brody, Brody Stevens is always Brody. He's always kind of like a character. You know what I mean? He's kind of being, he's in character. And uh, I think I actually saw the, the, the Brody costume crack for just a second. Cause I said, yeah, I did. I did three hours in Cleveland and he made a face. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> three hours on stage. And I said, yeah. And he goes, and you, and you talk the whole time. Like, do you have a movie or like, what do you do? And I'm like, no, I like if there was a, he thought it was like a whole presentation and I'm like, nah, dude, it's just me talking. And he's like for three hours, I go, yeah, I go the podcast. Actually, I go, when I started doing the show, it was only 20, 30 minutes. And now I'm in the fifth year and I've done shows. I did a show that was three and a half hours long just a couple of weeks ago. I said, I've done shows regularly over two hours and then, and then some over three. And he's like, but what do you, what do you talk about all that time? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't. I said, I just talk. I just, I talk until I'm done. I go, you know what? Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's three. It's just, if I, I go, if I go out of town, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, but if I don't, then I'm going to wind up talking about fighting spiders with flamethrowers and junkies in the fucking <laughs> storm drains of Las Vegas for five hours. I mean, who knows? Who the fuck knows? 
And uh, it was just, he was so alarmed when I told him that it was over three hours. Like he just, just his face, almost like he wanted to tackle me and save me from that horrible fate. And, uh, or, or he wants to fly to the city ahead of me, a day ahead of me and warn them of what's coming. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, it was just, it was funny to see his face. So, so I will say this, when I did that, it kind of gave me a little boost. Like maybe I'm doing something other people aren't doing, or maybe I'm doing something that people can't do, you know? And, uh, but, but it was, I'll tell you what, it was never driven home more severely than that night how far away i am from being a comic again i mean it's just i it's the difference between watching a professional boxing match and going and seeing a drunken tough man match in a, in a bar and just seeing dudes swing at one another until somebody falls because that's what i do basically i show up in town i unpack my steamer trunk of funny that i had packed at the stripper's kitchen and then i just uh i i just swing at one another i swing until somebody falls and i shoot my life all over the audience that's how it works the entire audience gets together and gives me a, a full-on hand job, full-body hand job, and then I shoot my life all over them, and I just swing until somebody falls. Uh, There's a lot of metaphors for what I do, and none of them are good. None of them are good. Seriously, at the end of all of them, everybody winds up sweaty or sticky. I, I don't like that. I, it's just That's not a good endorsement for my show. At the end of my show, you're either going to wind up sweaty or sticky. That's bad, right? Uh or maybe I should, you know what? I should call it the sweaty and sticky tour from now on. It's no longer success is not an option. It's the sweaty and sticky tour. Uh, I like it. Actually, I do like that. Holy shit, do I like that. Especially if you're coming on the road with me and doing the dictation thing. Uh, and then we can wear shirts. I'm sweaty. She's sticky. Uh, Brody. Brody. Oh, we've covered it. Just cross it out. Mrs. Hotchkiss. Um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, I talked to Brody. And it was just amazing to see real comedy, which I haven't seen in a long time. I mean, I've seen it on TV. You watch guys. I watch Paul F. and people like that. But to go live and, and see it, work in a room where people are actually laughing. And, and again... I'm not saying that I don't get laughs and do that on the one man. The one man is, it works really well. I'm just saying to see it's different. Stand-up comedy is different. And to see it in small five minute bursts in front of an audience, it's just completely different. And it makes me wonder if I could pull it off. I think I could, uh, I'd, I'd have to work at it though. And who the fuck wants to do that? Um, but I will say this, I, I see those guys and in my head, I'm like, God damn, I can't believe how far away I am from being a comedian. And then I'm in my car and I put on the comedy channel and I go, Jesus Christ, why the fuck am I not a famous comedian? Because, uh, I, folks, I was in the car and look, I don't want to disparage anyone. All right. Everybody's got their career. They've got their niche. They've all carved it out for themselves and they're all doing very well and everybody's making money and everybody's happy, right? We're all happy. You're happy. I'm happy. He's happy. The banister's happy. Everybody's doing very well. All right. Everybody's thrilled. And if you've got your career and you're making life as a personal a professional comedian, good for you. However, if you've ever had the misfortune of stumbling into anything that Lisa Lampanelli has ever said in her fucking life, She's selling out theaters now. You do realize that. She sells out theaters with that bullshit. I heard it on my... I, and I actually made myself listen. I turned it on. It was on It was on XM. And she's talking. And she told some story. She told a joke joke. Like about two Indian women walking to a supermarket. Like that kind of thing. And she, she actually prefaced it with this. This was her fucking preface for that joke. She said, you know what? Uh, I, I like to make fun of the, you know, the blacks and the Latinos. But it's, you know what? I actually get mail. I get email from like Indian people. Indians saying, how come you don't make fun of us? How come you don't make fun of us? I will give her a million dollars if she can produce one of those fucking emails. I will give her $500,000 if she can read. 
What a fucking ogre. I mean, just, you know what? I don't know who pulled her out from under a couch in Georgia and shaved her and said she could go on stage. And who taught her English from... I don't know what Millennium Falcon is transporting her across this fucking country, but stop. Run out of fuel. Fucking Boba Fett needs to show up and shoot her in the fucking head and take her and Solo back to fucking Jabba. Oh, my fucking God. Awful. Atrocious. I can't think of any other word that begins with A that describes it. It's not even worth going past A in the alphabet. Awful and atrocious says it all. Why do I even have to waste B? And if you like her, great. Good for you. But when I heard it, I'm in the car going, how am I not famous? How am I not famous? She's talking about the Indian ladies and then she gets email from Indian people and she starts making fun of a gay guy in the front row and you hear the theater reverberating like people laughing their asses off. They're going crazy. And the thing is, she uses words like freaking. She says freaking and I think she said poop at one point or something. It's like, why are you cleaning it up? You're making fun of every race in the world. Do you think it's less offensive for you to be a racist if you'd say it with like fifth grade swear words? Oh, that nigger smelled like poopy. No, it doesn't. It doesn't invalidate what you just fucking said. Oh, I can't believe that dirty freaking spick pulled out his pee pee. No, that doesn't make it all right. You're not, just because you sugarcoat it doesn't mean racism is good. And it's not really racism. I don't think she's a racist. Obviously, she's just using it to get famous, and that's fine. But, I mean, that's even worse, right? What's worse, a racist or a racist opportunist? I don't know. I can't decide. And then she had the balls in the middle of it. She's, like, talking about the Indian people in the email, and she tells this dirty joke about the Indians. And then she goes, come on, are we having a good time here tonight? And everybody goes, woo! And I'm like, no, no, I'm not having a good time in my car. Honestly, if I didn't realize this was on tape, I would stay in this car and drive in search of this show just to run over you on fucking stage. (laughs) Holy fuck bad. So bad. So atrociously bad. Actually, I got the B. Yeah, I got the B. Should have stayed at A, but I had to go. I threw an A in there with atrociously, but I I threw in B for bad. And W for Wookiee. So horrible. And she's selling out theaters. She's selling out theaters and they're seeing her. And and you know what? Fuck that. (laughs) I'll tell you what. That's where the people who live in the storm drain came from. (laughs) There was some theater in Las Vegas, some showroom that sat 700 and all of them one night faithfully paid to come in and watch. And they saw Lisa Lampanelli tell freaking jokes and they immediately went, you know what? Fighting spiders with flamethrowers and getting addicted to heroin and living underground doesn't seem so fucking bad. This is what's going on upstairs. I'm not moving into the fucking basement right now. Grab your gear. Get me a spoon. Get me a flamethrower. Let's steal a bed and climb underground because I, if this is what's going on upstairs, I want nothing to do with it. Literally, there's the 99%, and then there's the 1%, and then there's that nebulous number that doesn't fit in either one that likes Lisa Lampanelli. I don't think I'm overselling it when I say that she actually forced those people to flee underground to escape her horrible comedy. What did I say? I said they're, they're under there because it's needles, fangs, or cock? Bullshit. Those 700 people live under there because the choice was needles, fangs, or cunt. And if you ask me, they've chosen correctly. 
You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow our friend Lily Von Stupp at Twitter.com slash Lily Von Stupp or Twitter.com slash MNTs. Uh, you can follow our friend, or be our friend, uh, David Hernandez, uh, be his friend on Facebook <laughs> at Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. And you can find Lily at Facebook.com slash Lily Von Stupp. And if you'd like to write Lily a personal note. Yeah. And uh, you'd like to find out uh, just how tired all of her friends are. <laughs> you can write her at lily at burlesque411.com. That's lily, L-I-L-I, at burlesque411.com. Her name is Mary Gillio. Her name is Mary Gillio. Her name is Mary Gillio. His name is Aaron Malone. His name is Aaron Malone. His name is is Aaron Malone. Want to remind you folks about the Monday Night Tees every Monday night at the Three Clubs on Santa Monica and Vine. Every Monday night after April 30th, that is. That was the only dark night they've had in nine years. Uh, but now with their brand new stage, from what yeah. I understand. did you, you didn't have to install that, did you? No. I never know. They always, uh, the, poor, <laughs> Lily, Lily does not own the Three of Clubs, or the Three Clubs, but uh, she should because... Every time I'm talking to her, she's like, yeah, we went and we put in a whole new light track. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? You don't own the place. And then we spruced up the back room. We went into that. We painted the lobby. Why are you doing these things? <laughs> well, you know, Halloween's coming up. So uh, for Halloween's Friday. We're going in Monday to get a creepiness factor. And we're going to square it away and start putting up webs. And I'm, What are you doing? Leave it alone. It's not your club. Uh, it should be, but it's not. But, uh, but now you've got a new stage on which to, to play. And it looked nice. I saw it online. And is it bigger or is it just, it's just newer? It's actually bigger square footage. Pretty cool. And then we went from a circular stage to a square stage. Okay. So it actually filled out. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, the show this week, how'd that go? Fantastic. That was oh the Golden God. Rush Follies or something. Gold Rush Gold Follies. Rush Follies. There we go. And uh, who was the, Phil Van T was there? Phil Van T did Comedy and Magic and Pop Hayden hosted doing Comedy and Went good. Huh? It went good. It went oh, great. Fantastic. And Big House, everybody was there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and coming up this week. Is, is one of my favorite shows. I wanted to go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. Aww. I know. I'm very disappointed. You would change your show from Mondays to Thursdays. I'll get right on <laughs> you do that. Uh, can, I, can I do it at your place? Uh, what if you did the show in the building? Yeah, in the lobby there. Fuck, I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Uh, we don't have a new stage, though. That's okay. Done. Build one. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, show up on Monday, take care of it. I like it. <laughs> Will you come help me get some boards? No. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anything at Home Depot boards? What did that? What was that from? I forget what that. Oh, the boards! I need the lumber. Uh, what if Travolta? Well, Travolta can sing. What? I wonder if when he was lumbering with his erect penis, I'm lumbering. Please touch my anus. Uh, big hose, according to the the massage guy, which is good. Uh, so no wonder that's why he's naked and says, "Let's do it." All right, so, uh, and we're obligated. You're obligated, folks. He's John Travolta. You owe him a handjob. The years and years of joy he's brought you through movies and television, you owe him a handjob. Um, it's the least you could do, and literally the very least you could do. Uh, <laughs> so the coming this coming week, one of my favorite shows, of course, is Madonna. Yes! Yes, and it's, uh, it's a tribute to Madonna. So all of the show is uh, a tribute in their songs and all that. Are you involved? Are you dancing? I am hosting. Hosting the show? Oh, that Martha Quinn. Circa 1984. We do the MNT Awards show. Oh, okay. All That's fucking awesome. 
uh, except for the fact that Martha Quinn is, could fit in your bra. <laughs> so I don't know how you're going to be Martha Quinn. The, and Nina Blackwood, too. There, was no, there wasn't a good, uh, there was not one good rack at MTV uh, until Nina, much later. Nina Blackwood's was okay. Nah. I disagree. Yeah, no, she's in Vice Squad, and uh, Wings Hauser beats her up with a clothes hanger, and uh, and uh, that was a movie. Or reality? It, no, it was real. It was it was real. Uh, <laughs> no, it was in a movie called Vice Squad, and she played a hooker, and, and Wings Hauser is a is of course the the evil white pimp that you hear about so often, uh, and he was an evil white pimp, and I think his name was even like Django or Thunderbird or some bullshit, but he actually ties her to a bed, and then he heats up a coat hanger. And he, uh, he burns her and beats her up with it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, fuck you. Take that, Joan Crawford. What the fuck? Yeah, you think you're somebody? Wings Hauser's got some fucking news for you. Uh, so you're hosting, so that's good news. And will you be, uh, I, well, you're Martha Quinn, so no cone bra. I can't Actually, even imagine. I do wear a cone bra. But how? How can you wear a yeah, cone bra? Come see. It's funny. Folks, it's if you want to see. I write material for this show. It's funny. I know it's funny. I saw it, I saw it two, two years ago. Was it two years ago I was there? I think it was two years ago. Um, but yeah, it's Madonna. It's a tribute to Madonna. They do the MNT Awards. She uses Martha Quinn and with a cone bra. If you want to see 44 double Ds in a cone bra, folks. <laughs> and, 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 uh, fuck Madonna. I mean, that, that's a. You, they thought they had magic last week with Phil Von T and, and Phil Van T and Pops Hayden. <laughs> Talk about the magic of stuffing a 44 double D rack into two cone, in a cone bra. Jesus Christ. You, fuck the 3D Avengers. That's in 3D. I, I said double D? Fuck that. That's 44 triple D. 3D in your face. Cone bra, baby. Uh, so come and check that out. And who else is at the show? Who's working and performing? Uh, uh, the lovely and talented Lex LaCroix is performing. Uh, Isabella Starr is performing. Nikita Bitch Project is performing. No. Oh, yeah. All right, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something, folks. All right. I, uh, you know me. I get uh, I, I'm not obsessed, but certain, I'll find favorites among Lily's friends of burlesque. I've never seen this Nikita Bitch project. I've never seen her perform. Lily told me that she's like, no, uh, there's this little girl who took my classes and then she performed at the tees and she's pretty hot and like amazing because Lily will always clue me into the hot, the hot people. Uh, type. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she uh, she goes, go on Facebook. So I went on Facebook and I looked up Nikita Bitch project. Um, just do it. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm gonna tell you. Go look her up, uh, there, because there. I mean, all, like, there's pictures of her that are really great, and then, then there's some where you're just like, that's oh my god, like that. I mean, the, yeah, it is. It really is. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, she's just hot. So uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. You so go go find Nikita Bitch Project on Facebook, and then go to the Monday Night Tees next week on uh, May 14th. It's May Donna. Go and pay to see that, and you'll see the Nikita Bitch Project dance around and do her thing, and you'll see what you see on Facebook in person, in your face. And uh, well worth it, folks. Well worth it. I actually might come now. Actually, that changes my mind. <laughs> I might have to be there. And, uh, and hey, while we're talking about burlesque, let's tell you this, folks. There is, uh, you might remember I did the Kickstarter page last year, as I've mentioned. Um, well, when I did Kickstarter, I had to film a video for Kickstarter, I didn't have the fucking first clue of how to do it. Lily was going to help me, and she wasn't sure what she should do. She was going to film it, and I was like, I don't know. I, I said, it has to look professional. That was the one thing that scared the hell out of me, is I didn't want to put up something looking for funding and then look like a fucking jamoke in the video. So she's like, well, I have a ton of friends who do videos. Why don't I try to contact somebody? So she contacted her friend Brian Janes. Brian C. Janes. Fuck you, pretentious C. It's Brian Janes. 
Um, how mean is that? The guy is his name. Uh, but Brian Janes came and filmed it with me, and he happened to bring, unbelievably, an assistant by the name of Panama Red, who was there to help him film. And then it turned out the girl who was going to help me couldn't make it, and then Panama stepped in. And the, the rest, of course, as we know, is Kickstarter history. <laughs> Uh, but Brian James went out of his way to help me. He came out and, uh, and he was paid for his time. Certainly he was compensated, but at the same time he went over and above in making the video. Like he included the map, uh, and he, it was his idea to include the blooper at the end. And I, so I, these were things that were, and it, you know what? He made it professional. I would have sat in and been over his shoulder and trying to, you know, making it what I wanted to make it. But instead I trusted him. He sent it to me and I had minor changes, which he made in seconds and earned his money, you know, tenfold as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, it turns out my friend, Brian Janes now has a Kickstarter project of his own and it's uh two, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. He, he produced a burlesque book. And uh, our friend Lily Von Stupp is in that book, by the way, a two page spread with a great photograph of her in her burlesque outfit. And it, it really is uh, for my money. It is it is one of I would say it's top five photos I've ever seen of Lily. It's just it's just the look on her face. Well, you look great in it. And it's just the look on your face, though, says world weary. I mean, it, it just really works. Um, what's the book called? All that glitters, and it's about burlesque, and it has it's tons of burlesque dancers. Lily's in it, and it's interviews and photos. And uh, the Kickstarter project is to to, to raise money for uh, I, I'm. It's a book launch, a show, and a gallery exhibit. So so instead of me just telling you about the book, it'll be a gallery exhibit, a book launch, all sorts of things where people can gain attention. Uh, actually get the attention of people on focused on the book so they'll know about it rather than it just being there and people word of mouthing it this will be an actual splash so he's trying to fund it via kickstarter and uh, he's got some great rewards down there one of them is amazing it's like a photo session uh which you know would normally run double what he's charging on the rewards uh and so if you can go there if you can help him out great if you can't i totally understand because folks i'm in your fucking pocket at all times <laughs> and i'm about to be in your pocket more in the next five ten minutes here uh but brian was good to me and helped me out when he wanted to help me out and it's worth it to just look at the page and watch the video and uh, see what he's done because the book itself i mean if anything maybe you visiting the kickstarter page brings the attention to the book and then maybe you buy the book i mean who knows maybe you, you donate or you don't donate maybe you think about buying the book it's worth it i can tell you i looked at it today and i'm i, I it was funny when lily showed it to me i went what is the kickstarter for this book is done it's fucking fabulous and she goes it's to draw attention to the fabulosity of the book and i'm like oh, all right i think you just made up that word but that's fine i'll go with it uh so i wanted to throw a plug brian's way because he was nice to me and helped me out so if you can go to kickstarter look up brian james look up all that glitters i'm sure you'll be able to find it and check it out if you want to help him help him if not maybe you find the book and you buy that and then lily bring it to monday night teas and lily signs it and then she puts chocolate sauce on her boobs and presses them into the the back of the book perfect yeah she'll do that uh so look forward to that and also don't forget Maydonna at the monday night teas uh if you guys go to facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy you will go there and be my friend and uh what are you doing Lily is, you know what that looked like, right? I mean, uh, Lily's she's she like sprinkled something on her jeans. It, it, it just falling out. Whatever, I can't even tell you what it looked like. You know what it looked like. Uh, shut up. I whatever. Uh, awful. So hand gel. Wait a minute. Hold on, folks. Is Travolta here? I I didn't even see him show up because Lily is covering herself with hand gel and then dripping it all over her jeans. Oh, what are you doing to me? 
I didn't even see Travolta walk in. And, I re- and you're getting prepped. Is he here? I can't hear him. Did you hear him in the hallway? So like, wait, hey, my hair. And then like, uh, or maybe, maybe did you hear Staying Alive? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he has Staying Alive start every day. And once you hear Staying Alive, folks, oil up your fucking hands. The second you hear Staying Alive, oil up your hands because you owe a blowjob. No, hand job. Don't oil up your hands. You're going to have a blowjob. That's awful. You get oil in your mouth. There's, there's oil that works though for that. Never mind. Who cares? Uh, yeah, okay. You keep that. Sure. Why not? Uh, the fuck is I talking about? <laughs> Neil Hamburger. So, <laughs> flip it through, Mrs. Hotchkiss. Brody. If you go to facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy, you can be my friend there, as I've mentioned. Uh, and you can find Lily and David through their pages, as I've mentioned. If you want to sign up, there are plenty of pages to bring me to your town, folks, to do this stuff that I talked about during the show, my one-man person show. Uh, one-man person? Why did I call it that? I don't know. Uh, so come on out to that show. If uh, There's plenty of pages for you can show your support. Fresno still exists. San Antonio, Buffalo. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, uh, I've got to be a little more discerning about the, the shows that I choose because the Kickstarter, uh, funding covered, you know, some cities, but now I'm, I'm actually out of pocket again for my shows. So, uh, so I, with ticket prices, whatever the fuck, I, I need to kind of watch it a little bit. So, um, if you want me to come to your town, support those pages, there's uh, Fresno, there's Buffalo, there's London. London is really popular. It's just, man, is it expensive to go there? It's crazy expensive. I have to go, my, uh, I get my passport this week. That'll be exciting for the Toronto show, which is coming up June 29th. June 29th, I'm in Toronto at Comedy Bar. Uh, tickets are moving, but I'd like to move more because, again, I really want to prove to that dude that people want to see me up there, and I didn't make a mistake because he was horrified by it. He was as weirded out as Brody was. <laughs> Actually, he was more weirded out. Well, that just sounds terrible. Um, so I'm June 29th. I'm in Toronto at Comedy Bar. And remember, June 15th, I'm in Kansas City at the Westport uh, Coffee House Theater in the basement. And I may be taping there. I'm not sure. It all depends on tickets sold and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And also, June 1st, please remember, I'm in Boston at the Cambridge YMCA Theater. That's Friday, June 1st. Tickets for all of these, by the way, are available at brownpapertickets.com. Search my name or search the cities I've mentioned. June 1st in Boston at the Cambridge YMCA Theater. June 15th in Kansas City at the Westport Coffee House Theater. And June 29th at Comedy Bar in Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada. And also July 27th at Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, let's talk Indianapolis for a second. Uh, I booked it and uh, screwed up. Because someone wrote me and they're like, dude, it's going to be awesome that you're here. It's Brickyard 400 weekend. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't book it to come see you guys drive in a circle. I didn't. I came to do my show and then take off. Uh, but unfortunately, when you have a big race in town, I think it's going to fuck me hotel wise. Uh, so I already started looking for hotels and I, I went to Priceline and I was, I was having no luck. No luck whatsoever. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions, I'm up, up for that or open for that. I don't know. The show's July 27th. It's a Friday night, July 27th. And I'll leave, you know, the 28th. I'm probably only, I'm probably just coming to town because again, with Kickstarter, I came to town a little early cause I was meeting people and doing things. I think with these other cities, I, I don't think I can come in for an extra day. Uh, I, I love coming in Wednesday and having Wednesday and Thursday in town, but it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, as much as I want to do it, uh, I might do it in Kansas City. I don't think I can do it in Indianapolis, whatever the fuck. I'm still trying to figure it out, kind of feeling my way. Um, but yeah, so I, Indianapolis right now, I can't believe I booked it during the Brickyard, whatever the fuck. Uh, so if you have any ideas for me, tell me. I don't know what, what ideas I'm looking for, quite frankly. Do you have any storm drains? I guess that's what it is. Do you have any... <laughs> Are there any storm drains in Indianapolis? Because, I mean, I, I again, I have, uh, I've armed with the knowledge of how to survive at least for a day. So if I can just come to town and sleep in the storm drain, I'll be fine, I guess. 
Uh, and you don't have any spiders there. No Black Widow spiders, certainly. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. So that's July 27th at the Indie Fringe Theater in Indianapolis. Uh, and I will say those tickets not moving. Uh, so if you, if you want, and again, it's months away, but it would be nice to see some momentum because you guys were the first city, I think on Kickstarter actually. Uh, so why not uh, prove it? Why not? <laughs> I, it took me two years to find a venue. So buy some tickets. That'd be great. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, Boston, Kansas city, Toronto, all booked Detroit, still looking for a venue, trying to make that happen. And, uh, a couple other cities I've also made some phone calls on. And, uh, speaking of phone calls, yes, Gio, I will call you. I swear. I finally called Ryan. I finally called my web guy to get him squared away, and uh, and he's he's been great. You know, so we're we're implementing the changes. That's all coming up, and we've got some other stuff. Uh, you know, there's if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and you go to the Joe Business page, you know, there's the link there for TweakedAudio.com/slash/forty. Uh, if you go to tweakedaudio.com/forty, you can go ahead and buy autoerotic asphyxiation earbuds and also cockering watches. Those are available. Tweaked has been very good to me, so be very good to them and help them out if you would, because they help me out when you help them out. <laughs> uh, so go to tweetdaudio.com slash 40 and then there's the link there for Zazzle with uh, mugs and mouse pads for the time being if you want a mouse pad get it now because they're coming down I'm tired of saying mugs and mouse pads and I think we're going to something different I know we are because I've seen the designs but it's coming up so uh, in, the, in the next so if you want a mouse pad fucking because I mean you haven't bought it in two years why not rush now but it's coming down I'm sure you've been waiting just like the people in Indianapolis you're waiting for the last second but I'm telling you that last second has arrived it is now doomsday for the mouse pads, folks. So if you want them, grab. Uh, and then there's a link there for download sets. There's the uh, year one, year two, and year three. That's uh, there's well, there's uh, you know the return of the Schmidt, uh, the fellowship of the Schmidt, and of course the two Schmitties. And also the Lord of the Schmidt set, which is all of them combined. You can get all three for the price of sixty dollars. And that's also changing in the coming weeks. Um, they'll be coming down, and the, the Lord set will be disappearing, and some new thing will be in its place. I've already seen the designs for that, and that's what Ryan is very hard at work doing. So even before I get the rest of the website done, I think we'll have the other stuff ready. Uh, but So just be patient. If you want a Lord set, though, buy it, because it's going to be coming down very soon. Uh, and also, you can donate to the show in the upper left-hand corner of every page on MikeSchmidtComedy.com. There's a little Schmitty. Got his pocket out. Click on him and make a one-time donation, or make a $2 a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month donation. And uh, then perhaps your, your name will be mentioned on the show, which it will in the coming weeks, I swear, once I sit down and I get all my paperwork squared away. Because <laughs> I, I used to have a list, and then I don't have a list anymore, and then I started to do the Kickstarter stuff, and those names are being mentioned. It's, uh, it's a festival of names, folks. I'm mentioning everybody. Everyone's getting mentioned. Even Bed and Breakfast Guy gets mentioned on this show, for fuck's sake. Uh, he's going to be so mad at me. Now he's going to write me a note. Do you ever notice that when you call me Bed and Breakfast Guy, you say it in a mean way, but if you came to my Bed and Breakfast, you'd love the bed and the breakfast? Yes, I probably would. Um, what if he? What if he's in a storm drain? What if he has a bed and breakfast in a storm? Wait, wait, look, in the storm, fuck bed and breakfast. In the storm drain, they have a bed, and I'm sure they find breakfast eventually. But I guarantee his bed and breakfast is spider free. <laughs> <laughs> so donate to the show. That would help. Uh, and I'll say your name eventually. I promise. I swear. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you this, folks. I am uh, sitting here, uh, ready to go. I worked out yesterday. Uh, I, I worked out after I talked to you, I visited Richard and hung out and worked out. And then uh, my back seized up and I couldn't work out Friday. I was supposed to go visit Richard, the trainer, and uh, I couldn't move. It was weird. I went to uh, the pilot on Thursday night and I kept shifting in my seat because I couldn't, I couldn't get comfortable because my back was fucked up, my lower back. And, uh, but I was like, oh, well, I'll be okay. And then Friday I woke up and I was supposed to go train and I, I could not stand up straight. I was like at a weird angle and in my head, you know, there's always, I don't want to be a pussy. I think I've told you this a million times. So in my head, there's pain, there's pain you fight through and then there's pain you try to fix. 
So I didn't know which one this was. So I texted Richard and I'm like, Hey, my back is seized up and I've been like trying to stretch in the shower, but I can't, I can barely stand up and just, I have a hot shower pounding down on it. And he goes, well, make sure you ice your back. And I said, well, I've been using heat and stretching. Like, is that the right thing? And he's like, no, you need to ice your back and eventually you'll wind up heating it. But, but first you ice it. And, uh, I said, well, ah, fuck all that. That just means I got to go get ice and stupid shit. So I continued to do the heating and the stretching, which worked out fine. It, it, Cause I knew it was just pain that I had to work through for a couple days. Um, but, uh, but it made, you know, I couldn't, I, so I missed working out with him. And then I went to Avengers. I saw the Avengers on Saturday morning and I, I same thing. I kept shifting in my seat and, uh, it was awful. It's just, you know, and it's just stuff you work through because your, your muscles announce themselves. Like they're, they're reintroducing themselves to you because now you're waking them up and they're pissed. They've been hibernating for fucking three years. So then when you wake them up out of a dead sleep, they're like, fuck you dick. And they're trying to do everything they can to make you sit back down in your easy chair. Um, so I worked out yesterday and uh, my back was fine, but uh, hey, guess who showed up and was very angry about being woken up? My abs. Hey, folks, I have abs. I forgot that I had abs. And uh, last week when I was working out with Richard, I did core work. So I did planking, a ton of planking. And then I did the thing where you lay on your back and you do a sit up, but over your head, you're holding a bozu ball and you meet it with your feet. So you do a leg lift and a sit up at the same time, like an inverted, like a V, you know what I mean? So I did that last week and I was real happy because I was able to pull it off and I was fine. Uh, and then I went to work out with him yesterday and he's like, all right, man, let's, let's do some, uh, let's bang out some push ups real quick. And I got down in push up position. And when I did my, I screamed like, I, not screamed like a lady, but, uh, uh, I'm not, I screamed like Jamie Cur- Lee Curtis in Halloween. No, I, uh, I yelled like I was like, ah, like that, that kind of thing because, um, and I fell because I could not support my own weight with my abs just from even doing pushups. Like, you know, my hands and my feet were fine, but my center was, my core was having nothing to do with it. And I fell down and I looked at him and I go, I was like, dude, I go, that was scary. He's like, what? And I told him what happened. And he's like, oh, that's not good. And, uh, he goes, <laughs> You'll be fine though. He goes, you'll be fine. Just, you know, get, get, let's do these push ups. Let's bang them out. And so I could not get in a push up position. And he's like, well, you know what? Just get on your knees, your hands and knees, and we'll do them. And, uh, and it still hurt, but not nearly as much. And I was like, fuck, dude. I go, this hurts. And he goes, I go, is this, is this the pain you fight through or is this the pain you fix? He goes, this is the pain you fight through. I said, let's do it. So I did. I fucking, you know, busted out like 25 push ups and then got up and did lunges and jumps and twists and every other fucking thing and then ran a mile and a half afterwards and uh, felt awesome afterwards. You feel awesome. You know what? It's that hour before you go work out because I have to get up at three and eat a bowl of oatmeal. I'll have a fucking bowl of oatmeal with like almonds and raisins and blueberries and flaxseed in it. I throw all in there and uh and then i gotta go at four and i'm dreading it and I'm, in my head i'm like i could probably say i can't go i could text it i could say the car I, you, you just keep making every excuse but then when you get there and you just start fucking doing it then you're doing it and then afterwards when you're on the fucking treadmill and you're running because i did the high knees yesterday i got i got fucking adrenaline and uh it was great it was so great so i was very excited um but i will tell you it's weird working out and here's why i uh <laughs> uh i got waxed I went back uh, to get waxed again like two weeks. I did it before Cleveland. Um, I did it like the Monday before I went to Cleveland uh, because you never know. You know, if, if Travolta shows up and goes, hey, let's go out for hand jobs. I want to be clean and, and, and looking good. So uh, so I was I was uh, I got waxed the Monday before I went to and I saw Renee. And this is actually pretty funny. Um, well, the. the, the <laughs> all right i'll tell you this first i went to get waxed with renee and uh he's like oh it's nice to see you again and he remembered me after i got there he didn't remember me on the phone and uh and he's waxing me and he's you know he got his face in my balls and he's going to work and uh and i said to him, i go you know i uh i talked about you on my show 
And he goes, what? And I said, yeah, I actually, I actually did an impression of you, and I talked about you, and I told people about the because I thought that was the whole point was there was a vote, and they voted for me to see a guy. Remember, and I told you all that. And he goes, oh yes, I remember that. He goes, I want to hear that show. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I have to hear that show. Were you mean to me? Did you say a mean thing? I go, no. I, I go, you're the hero of the fucking show because you were. You're funny. And he's like, I have to hear it. And I go, well, I go. The thing is, it's down. It's usually on iTunes. And I go, it was a while ago. And he's like, oh, I, I, but I really want to hear it. And I said, um, I don't know what that accent is, by the way. I guess it's sort of Renee. Uh, and I said, uh, well, I mean, I guess I could email you the episode. And he's like, oh, you have to. You have to. I will give you my email. I said, but then he got to download it. It's like big. It's like, t- it's almost like three hours. Cause I, t- I also told him, I go, you know, when I left you last time, I went down to revolver to use the bathroom and a guy chased me into the bathroom and like basically pinned me. And he goes, he goes, that's hilarious. He goes, did you not tell him you were straight? And I go, it doesn't matter. They don't care. You're in the bathroom in a gay bar. They just fucking follow you down there. That's what they do. It's like Travolta. The guy was lumbering around with his erect penis going side to side. What the fuck do I say? He wasn't famous enough to jerk off. So I hid in the fucking stall. And Renee's like, that's hilarious. I can't believe that happened to you. You should have come back upstairs. I go, I was already trapped in the bathroom. <laughs> He's like, you have to send me that episode. So I, I got his email. After I left, I paid. I got his email address. So I have to send him. I haven't sent it to him yet. I'm going to send it to him today. Because uh, I forgot I went out of town. But yeah, I'm going to send him the fucking episode and see what he says. Uh, but the, the point is I got waxed. And, uh, and so now I have to wear, like underneath, when I work out, you know, I wear my knee pads. But then I wear um, Under Armour bicycle pants uh which is fine because i need them on i wear i wear here's the layers folks you're very concerned about what i wear to my workout i understand that so i have a shoe and a sock and then i have the knee pads these monster bionic fucking awesome knee pads and then i have uh these bike pants and then shorts over those and then i have an under armor like a long sleeve wiki top and then a, a shitty shirt over that so uh that's what i work out in but the thing is here's the and normally it, it's a perfect workout outfit it's a superman workout outfit. i can do whatever the fuck you need me to do in that outfit however because I become waxed. I don't know if I become waxed. I was waxed. Folks, I become wax. <laughs> it's like you become wrath, Agent Coolion. Open the box and become wax. Oh, what's in the box? Why doesn't it have hair? Um, so I become wax. And uh, I, so I throw on these bike pants and uh, they're slidey. They're slidey anyway. That's one of the cool things about them is it's like, you know, they, you know, your fucking cock looks great. And then you, your hand slides all over them. It's like, you're, hey, who's this new guy? Hey, Mr. Travolta, I like your new pants. Uh, so I put them on and I go to work out and it's fine. I wear them and I get to the gym. But then I start doing things working out wise. And uh, I realize that they're not adhering to my body the way bicycle pants should because uh, everything underneath them is gone. I mean, I've had everything removed. Uh, except for, of course, my cock, and that's not that's no help during a workout. He's pissed off I'm there, uh, but there's no traction for these pants to grab onto. So he has me doing stuff like running and doing lateral shifts and then jumping up and down. And when, uh, The jumps are the worst, because then I do jumps, 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 and then my shorts are like sliding, because my shorts used to slide off the bike pants, but I didn't care because I was getting into shape, and I was like, oh, well, I show a little ass, who cares? Everybody likes it. But now the bike pants themselves are sliding off. So it looks like a fat guy is just shedding his dolphin skin right there in the middle of the fucking gym. It's terrible. I'm jumping up and down and it's sliding off. And uh, and it was what was cool was Richard was like, he thought it was great. He's like, oh, Big Mike, look at that. He goes, you're, you're already losing weight. My Big Mike, your clothes are falling off. And I go, nah, dude, it's like I purposely wear these giant clothes. And, and there's this. And he goes, well, no, man, it looks like those clothes don't fit you anymore. You must be losing weight. And I go, no, really, trust me, you don't want to know. You don't want to know because there's no traction. That's the thing is there's no traction for my fucking slidey pants to hang on to. So they're slipping off. And then, and then also, if they slide off, then everybody in the gym is like, fat, waxed guy. Oh, my God. It's like, that's got to be a tragedy on the level of 
call the cops, right? Doesn't don't you think? Uh, I'm worried about guys with open wounds in the hot tub, but then I, I immediately flashed waxed bag at everybody, and like the whole situation changes. So uh, so I'm like, look, you don't trust me. You don't want to know. And he goes, well, what is it? Why don't they fit? And I go, trust me, you don't want to know because that's not a conversation. I, I, fuck, I'm embarrassed having that conversation with you people. I certainly don't want to have it with Richard, my hero, the love of my life. I don't want to drop that in his lap. Hey, well, the thing was Monday I got waxed, and now these are sliding off, and eventually you're gonna see that I don't have a. a, a what? There's no what? what? Because I have a tone. Because you know why? Because I talk quickly and I don't I don't fucking think. That's why. I think that's what it means when you have a tone. Is you don't fucking bother to care what comes flying out of your goddamn mouth. I try to grow the show and I want people to get on board and they're like, eh, I listen to it and you talk too fast. Really, I talk too fast. How the hell else am I supposed to cram all of this into a small three-hour window? Dude, this is there's no script. I just go with this shit on the fly. It makes me laugh. If it doesn't make you laugh, turn the fucking station. And by turn the station, I mean turn the wheel of your car right into a guardrail. Jesus, fuck. Where are you where are you going? Boy, 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 boy.